Let me get one quick sip of something. <laughs> That's how we talk to each other. <laughs> Our new secret language. Sorry, I said a vulgar <laughs> word there. Uh, what the fuck you say about my mom? Su- 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 <laughs> That's how we just talk for the whole fucking episode. <laughs> Ah, okay. One of the lights in my room went off and it's throwing me off because everything is so bright now. Hmm, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Why don't you take a vape with me, Nick? Eh, eh? Don't do it. You, Nick, no, you have, you have so much rent to live for. You know what this is? This is American landlords that don't care because they, they have uh, very, very old uh, fire alarms or smoke alarms. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So how closed is your door right now, Nick? Pretty closed. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry about that shit, man. No, it's okay. Shit like that happens. Still, Every that, time that, I see Eric, I apologize now. That's like losing a leg to me. Well, I like, mean, now that... I just stand in the kitchen and I just open up the window because I don't want to go out because it's hot and I just blow out the fucking window in the kitchen. Oh my gosh. I still like the idea of the bathroom where it's like... Like upstairs, like does it smell like donuts. Are they cooking <laughs> donuts on there? Because the ventilation just pushes it through or some shit. All right. I feel like you would have to take your favorite vape rig and have a camera, or sorry, not a camera, a candle. That way, if they knock, you just immediately light it, and you're like, "Yeah, we're just lighting <laughs> candles in here." Sorry about that. Oh, anyways, yeah. All right. I'm gonna t pose to get ready. Can you force, ladies it? and gentlemen? Fuck. Now I have to psych myself up all over again. Y-M-C-A-A. <laughs> you did the C before the M, I think. Yeah, I did. Okay. Young Cucks Master Association. Young Casual Master Association. Okay, sure. Yes. I'll work with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that's how I could have started. Vietnam! <laughs> gentlemen welcome back to another episode we're back of casual masterclass it's not we're back casual masterclass but welcome back to another episode of casual masterclass we're finally back for an actual episode this is episode 49 i'm your host for the episode i'm nick and i'm joined yeah, you are, baby. by my co-host partner and friend tyler vidito hi tyler hey. holy smokes you smet you, you, did you just say my whole name man yes i, I did said, oh, uh, th- th- this might be your uh, my alter ego Hulk Hogan, hello there, brother. Hey, brother, how's it going? I'm doing good. Let me rub my shirt. No, this is a good shirt. Never mind. Mm. Um, ah. So we're back after like a two-week break. Uh, we had one uh, casual Master Quest side quest come out regarding the board game that I made uh, last semester. And then we were going to put out a D&D episode, but some of the audio got scuffed. Is that right, Tyler? Yes and no and maybe. And so it's sitting in my audacity right now. It's like... Should I make this happen? Probably. Can I make this happen? Absolutely. Is this going to detract from the time I spend on a certain RuneScape game? Yes. So it, it's it's really hard to weigh the decisions. I do have it, though. I want to work on it because, hot dang, do I want to listen to and enjoy the times that we had? Because you played D&D for the first time, Nick. 
I played D&D so for the first time, and it was a good time. Like I was a little lost at the beginning, but then I think I warmed up to it and fell into my own uh, my character role that I designed. Um, yeah, uh, that was supposed to come out, but then uh, apart from Tyler's addiction to RuneScape three, um, we uh, I, Tyler was on vacation. He was going to be on vacation. So I, I guess we both kind of defaulted to just doing nothing or whatever we did, which we're going to talk about because Tyler visited me in case that wasn't clear. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. 2,000 miles, uh, 1,600 kilometers for you. you. Uh, is that right? Am I right I there? I have no Does, idea. I, I think that's right. Mm, or no, it's... Mm, I think what's going on is 2,000 kilometers is 1,600 miles. I got it mixed up. But I tried, Nick. I tried for the metric system. The only thing I remember is 4.11 meters is a no-no for trucks. 4.11 meters is a no-no for trucks. And you'll take your top right off. Yes, Especially for the kind of truck you drive. 13 feet 6 inches is good for me, but 13.5 is bad. But when you see 4.3 meters, it's like, what the fuck is going on if you're American and you're in Canada world. Holy smokes, I went to Canada, dude. You came to Canada. How was your first experience in Canada? Oh, man, I came to Canada. I came in Canada. Man, there's so many different ways to do that. Also, both true. Oh, man, your internet was great, Nick, by the way. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for complimenting the money I spend on having good internet. Also, you have a great toilet. It they're only plugged once. Which I will also take as a compliment. I think that's maybe the second time it's plugged now with our heavy usage. So I'm like, oh, you know, it holds I up. I mean, I am like the benchmark challenge to decide <laughs> if your toilet has the appropriate amount of plumbing to it. And also you had two buttons. You had like a, oh, I'm just taking a piss button and like, whoa, Nelly, watch out. Here comes the full uh, monster right here. Uh, I'm going to use half a roll of toilet paper too. Better, uh, you know, pull out all the stuffs. Yeah, well, it is a uh, newer house. I think it was built in uh, 2017, 2016. Nice. I just discovered that my house is over 100 years old. That's a long time for a house. I know. I know. Uh, we had to do a uh, consens- uh, consensus. Oh, I think that's what you call it. Mm-hmm. Where uh, it, it's basically the check uh, population, and all that stuff usually, but the last things like about your house and whatnot. And yeah, my house is over a century. I am standing in history. Well, I'm, I'm shitting actually, in it. I'm actually sitting and also shitting. Yes, sitting and shitting. <laughs> my two favorite things to do. Usually together, likely together. Sometimes not always. Sometimes I get acrobatic, man. Uh, you know, I hover a little bit for you know a nice uh, medium task. But if I'm, I if I can put one leg on top of the shower rod and just aim just right, it's so satisfying, man. Plus, you get your stretches in for the day. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to practice your aim outside of video games. Ah, man, my aim is terrible. But on the plus side, with all the practice I've done, I can tell you without any doubt, I am wonderful at the shotgun. Nice. So, um, Canada. <laughs> Segue right into right into Canada. Yeah, um, speaking we of uh, while shitting positions, we went to a Korean restaurant the first fucking night I came there. Well, funnily enough, um, I just never because it doesn't bother me. But uh, I think the distinction here, which is quite common in Vancouver, it is a Japanese restaurant run by Koreans, which you'll find in like more budget sushi places. It'll be a mostly Japanese menu run by Koreans with a few Korean items. Now, this brings an interesting question for me because we have a uh, a very popular local Chinese buffet restaurant that is called The Great Wall. Now, the big question is, how likely is it that they're mostly uh, Chinese? 
despite uh, it's you know Chinese food. Quite likely. I, so it, that distinction I found really only over here. So my my knowledge or exposure to it is very limited, but you will have uh, Koreans mostly running either Japanese or Korean restaurants, and Chinese usually do either dim sum places or you know uh, fast food places or buffets. So it's highly likely they're mostly Chinese. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just curious. What you yeah. say? You always say it's okay to ask questions if it's based off of ignorance and you want to know more. Well, not yeah. If you want to know more, like I mean, to 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 realistically speak about that very briefly i think far too many people ask questions without any malicious intent and they might come off as um you know offensive questions or maybe they're trying to be rude but people just don't know and so i think people just shit on other people asking a question way too quickly without wondering what's the intent behind that question exactly it's kind of like over at the great wall buffet why is there a, a, like a super lack of wild or feral cats in the area i don't understand it's very confusing nick all right so we had some uh, japanese food uh, run by uh, koreans made by koreans and we also had some bubble tea which you've discovered for the first time i believe very first time yes uh nick had to explain to me here that pearls are the little uh bubble things that you think of when is or when it's in tapioca pudding yeah yeah so they're made out of tapioca um bubble tea i think is a more um westernized name otherwise it's usually known as boba um and boba. It, it's a yeah otherwise so it's uh just really any kinds of tea green tea herbal tea milk teas sometimes slushies uh, smoothies uh with uh, tapioca pearls and a bunch of other toppings that the uh, most bubble tea places would have. I just had a big brain moment here, Nick. Yeah. A type of cheese is feta. Yeah. Boba feta. Bubble cheese. Boba feta. Never speak of this ever again. So I'm sick. I can't make the wildest correlations, but I feel like I just unlocked like a, a hidden memory. Like this is the 14th memory of Breath of the Wild where he discovers that a Star Wars character was linked to a tapioca and a type of cheese. How was your first time with bu uh, with bubble tea, Tyler? Oh, I thought I going to say with Boba Fett. Well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of good Star Wars games I got to watch uh, with him and uh, him and Django. Uh, with bubble tea, man, milk tea with bubbles in it. it, it was a very weird experience because you handed me a sealed cup because they seal it right there in the spot to keep the freshness in just in case you wanted to take it somewhere. And then you handed me what I can only describe as a American sized straw. Now, not, not like your McDonald's, uh, you know, sticking to the cup straw. You handed me a, whoa, mama, if I use this on my screwdriver uh, mix, I'm gonna get drunk hella fast. Yeah, right. This it was is like a big a super ass straw. Big straw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like thick as in it had a large diameter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the the concept that you drink milk tea and while you're drinking it, these little tapioca poppers, whatever you want to call them, come up through the straw and you get the chew on them like a uh, a temporary form of uh, delicious bubble gum, if you want to call it like that. It was such an amazing idea. Being able to eat and drink at the same time, it's like they you know, like they never discovered that before in milkshake slushies, <laughs> but but it was bubbles. It right. was nice. I ate bubbles, Nick. Yeah, you did. I used to do A that in kindergarten, but it, the teachers told me, stop, uh, that's way too much dishwashing fluid that you're not supposed to drink. And now I'm able to legitimately eat bubbles now. Yeah, and not die in the process, yes. I mean, dishwasher fluid isn't that bad. I mean, nowadays you got 
maybe a Tide Pod bubble or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Can you make? Do you think you can make bubbles uh, using a Tide Pod solution with water? I think so. I think it just dissolves right into water. It's interesting here because there was a timeline divergence right there to where you could have said moving on or you're like, I'm going to humor this motherfucker and the timeline just split. You, you just went to humor. <laughs> Thank you. You denied yeah, me the first no. few times with moving on with uh, shitting and uh, eating cats, but you humored the bubble question. Thank you. Yeah, well, because Tide Pods are more uh, memific or like current generation memes and so I, I would do anything to humor memes out of this last year or so absolutely and speaking i of something technically no that would be a spoiler wouldn't it shit uh i can't go that far can i nick not really no not really no okay no now you're making it worse stop tyler <laughs> <laughs> you just made, i was setting up a segue and then you've I, effectively made it worse i lowered my foot towards a bouncing betty and i was like that's a bouncing betty right there that's a that's a goddamn landmine. I can't step on that. Oh, uh, by the way, guys, we went to see Avengers Endgame. We yeah. won't talk about we, it. But we're, we... Yeah, we're not going to be talking about it whatsoever. Um, so the first night Tyler arrived, uh, we got some food. We got some uh, Japanese-Korean food, uh, got some bubble tea, went to the house, rested up, and the next day we went out, and I got us tickets for um, Endgame. Uh, none of us have been uh, had been spoiled at that point, so it was a successful outing. But I got us tickets to a, um, a VIP section of the theater. And let's, there are these really uh, nice, big ass. Yes. Let's preface this whole thing saying we're not going to talk about the actual movie itself or any details thereof. Maybe how we, if we liked it or whatnot, and the movie theater. That way people don't like uh, panic, hit the pause button. Oh, yeah. No, we're not going to talk about the story whatsoever. We're just talking about the experience uh, around us watching Endgame. Uh, not even our emotions around uh, Endgame or how we felt about it. But just really, <laughs> uh, just the the theater, and then just really what we did that day, and so yeah, this is um, the VIP section for this theater that's close by. Um, it has uh, these really nice cushy seats, really nice comfortable seats. They have in theater um, um, uh, dining, so you can sit down, and before the movie starts, you can place an order. Um, we got there a little bit too late. Why is that, Tyler? Uh, a multitude of reasons. I think one of our members got high as shit. The other one got drunk as shit and pulled pork. Also, oh, are we, are we saying we got there late because we needed to get headache medicine beforehand, Nick? Because you're a, a drug-free addict and I'm the one that likes to take ibuprofen for a headache? Oh, no, I completely that... forgot about that until you just mentioned it. So really, oh, now man, I'm, I'm trying to trigger a that. Play the Breath of the Wild. Uh, I'm remembering a memory thing. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> so um, the uh, VIP section has a bar like lounge thing where you can go in, sit down, have a few drinks, uh, order something to eat. I know I don't know if we ordered food there. We didn't order food there. We ordered food uh, inside the theater. Well, we were busy drinking our beers and we got there right in time for in-seat ordering to end but there were people standing outside taking our orders for like any last minute orders so we were able to place an order for i think uh, we all got some pulled pork nachos uh eugene my roommate got some beers and so we were all just having a good time for the most part oh yeah also pulled pork nachos wonderful trying to eat them in the the darkness while keeping your eyes glued to the screen one of the hardest things I had to do in a very long time. Oh, yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a fucking mess. And I love it because I'm very, like, you know, in India, weed with our hands for the most part. And so for me, it was very comfortable. But, like, I do the thing where I want to get right at the start 
more nachos than pulled pork and then have more pulled pork at the end and less nachos so that there's a more, you know, there's a higher yeah, meat higher. to nacho ratio. Thank you. Thank you. I, I totally respect that. Meanwhile, it was such a, it felt like uh, playing the world's worst game of uh, defusing a bomb. <laughs> I, so I, at that point, I just wanted to open my jaws and just bite into it without touching with my fingers. Just ah, because it was just. <laughs> I had somebody who we I never talked to in my life or saw in my life and never again to my left. And then I believe I had Eugene to my right. Yep. And I was very self-conscious about having this giant ass plate of nachos while everybody's trying to watch Endgame. And eating that thing was scary as shit. But I got through it. We got through the movie. Had a good time. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good way, to, I think, to start off uh, the week. And we did a bunch of things. Mostly, I think I think there was um, a, an equal, a good, good ratio of like doing nothing and doing things. Um, for me, I I like to play the host, and so my concern was not whether uh, like a I wanted you like wanted people to be comfortable. I wanted you to have a good time, but also it's your first time in Canada and I'd done that tour guide thing before and so you actually had to slow me down once like can we just do nothing I'm like all right yeah cool my bad like I just you know I just want to show you around well to put it in perspective Nick uh I would say during my free time and this is my personal choice 80 of the 90 percent of the time I like to spend it inside my house right because I am doing so much traveling and sitting around and whatnot that free time to me means to just sit down in my own you know safe haven and just relax Right. And so when I went to Canada, I obviously wanted to explore. I wanted to see. I wanted to do a lot of shit. Uh, like, for example, try to find checks. Nick, also, fuck you for finding checks. After <laughs> I left, ladies and gentlemen, Canada has a huge issue right now. And that is the fact that they have little to none of checks or checks mix. And that was absolutely a no-go. If that's our biggest issue, then I'm glad to be in Canada. Okay. Okay. I would like to say the biggest issue so far is the price of your gas. That that is a maybe well, it's, it's even worse Vancouver. than Ontario. Yeah, no, oh, it's Jesus. even worse than Ontario. Yeah, also, just as I, bad. Like I did the translation, and I realized I told you like six dollars or something like that. Uh, but that was also in Canada dollars, so it's more around like five dollars and change. So like yeah, which is why I love filling up right before I cross the border back into the into Canada. If I'd go down to visit my cousin. Holy shit, I can't blame you. Like uh after all the conversions, all that stuff, you were paying like five twenty a gallon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that is the highest I've ever seen it in my life right now, which is a couple of summers ago, and it was like four dollars and twenty cents. And people were like ready to murder over that. So the fact that you were paying under normal circumstances, a dollar above that was just horrible, dude. Well, for me, it's not so bad for me, and like I, I dislike it. But also, my car doesn't take a lot; it really doesn't. Uh, so, like, we drove uh, like I drove a lot when you were here, and so after you left, I think I've only filled up once since, and that was a week ago now, almost a week ago, mm. right? Mm. So, in general, like it, except for that week, uh, or when when I'm doing things or people are here, I really don't drive that much, and I don't have to fill up my tank that often, and it's also considerably cheaper when I do because I have a small car. So I can't imagine what it's like for somebody who has a truck or a much bigger car or like a fancy car like a muscle car that takes up all this gas yeah i mean at that point you have to be filthy rich that traveling is a luxury unless you have a very gas uh conscious car there yeah it's it was crazy uh who uh, after that nick we went to a little island 
which uh, is not really an island, but they called it an island. Yeah, and I couldn't tell you why. It's called Granville Island. It's uh, right south of downtown Vancouver. It is a beautiful place. Hipster haven. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that term, but it is a special haven away in full view of Vancouver that has a lot of culture and stuff that uh, people like myself would love. Yeah, because and, and um, yeah, there was a um, there used to be an art school there, right? Um, so that's part. Oh, that of does why. not help my claim at all. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's part of why it, it is very much hipster haven. But it is a beautiful place. There's a public market. There's a bunch of artisanal shops. There's a bunch of restaurants. Um, most of the restaurants are very high end, but there is a food court in the public market that is uh, quite affordable. Um, I love the public market more than anything of that place. Uh, even if I don't buy anything, just walking around, seeing hundreds of fruit, vegetable, cheese, um, donuts, sandwich stalls, dessert places, teas, coffees, international foods. It's, uh, I just love walking around there. Nick, if you took me through that market while I have not eaten that day, I would be <laughs> broke. I would be broke and locked down in a bathroom 30 minutes later. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that place is, it's, it, it can be overwhelming if you're not used to crowds like that. Um, but then it breaks away, and there's a little place where you can go out and sit on the, um, um, just by the water, where they have the, um, I think, uh, the sea bus or the aqua taxi, where you can take it across from Granville Island into downtown Vancouver. Um, hmm. And we sat down there, and there was a busker, um, a guy, I can't remember his name, I think you can, if, if you do, I have his card somewhere. Absolutely um, not. I can't remember his <laughs> name. I, I remember his first name was interesting to me because it was a, I feel like it was a noun or a verb, maybe in Spanish, but it just, no, I can't remember, Nick. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. I, I do have his business card somewhere, but uh, there was a busker uh, performing. He was playing off his album and it was nice. We were out. The weather was good. It was a little sunny, um, not too hot. And then there was a man playing uh, you know, his guitar is singing quite beautifully and it was just a good, good day. Uh, he, he had a very nice, uh, dulcet tones and he was singing a uh, very South American, uh, centric type music. And it was such a cultural, I wouldn't say a shock, just, it was so alluring to the point that I, you know, I looked at Nick and I was like, I want to sit down and listen to this guy. And we got right in front of him on this bench and I just sat there like, I, I fell in love with this man, Nick. Uh, not, you know, love, love, but... No, no, uh, I know. <laughs> passionate. Oh, my gosh. Get the Trojan. No, uh, it was... He had such good music. He had uh, put a lot of soul into it. And I wanted to give him all the Canadian money that I had, which was a loony that you gave me yep. to, to tell me to keep. <laughs> I never got a loony back, Nick. I didn't get to bring one back. It was so sad. But that guy deserved it. He deserved uh, every single penny. Plus, we got some sake there. Oh, yeah. we. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the sake. I still have an open mind. Oh, man. Uh, I'm glad for you because I drink that, <laughs> I think, within the first night. I know. Maybe second night. Second night, I think. Yeah. It's uh, like I find new things at Granville Island every time. I don't go there often just because it is a little bit of a trek for me to get to it. Um, but I find new things all the time. And we stopped by. I think the, one of the first things we saw was this artisanal BC sake uh, brewery. Um mm. And, and they make all the sakes that they offer right there in that store. Um, and they have a few um, selections that is grown using, is made using BC rice. So 
I thought uh, that was really cool. The one that I picked up was uh, made with BC rice and it had a very interesting uh, mushroomy aftertaste, but not in like a savory way, in like an earthy way. Did I get one that was local? Uh, no, you didn't get one of the local ones. Um, Damn, I fucked not up. The, at least not the local rice ones, but it was a good uh, kind of like semi-sweet dry one. Which is not your thing, if I remember correctly, usually. No, I usually hate dry alcohol with the passion. I need it sweet. I need it as wet as it gets. Right. It's just it Dry just kills me. But uh, the the type of uh, sake, I think it's called Nama. Uh, it was a very good sake. Uh, not my favorite drink in the world when it comes to alcohol. But given the, uh, the cultural influence, I was down. I was down yeah. the clan with that sake. Yeah, which is interesting. On this trip, especially because I think um, this is probably the most exposure to like a fusion um, Asian culture that you've experienced. Like all the places that I was suggesting we go eat right off the bat were usually Asian places. That's just because it's the norm here. Right. And for me, who lives in a town that's 98% white, typically, or at least uh, the cultural influence is that bad. Uh, going to Vancouver, where there was a very heavy uh, accent of uh, Asians, it, it, it just it boggled me, Nick. Yeah. I, I mean, you and you and I talked about it. And it's like holy crap. The like I, I, at first I thought I was gonna get like yellow fever and all that stuff, and I know that's terrible to say, but then as I told you later, it's like these are people just doing normal things. This this is just diversity happening, and it fucked with me. It didn't scare me. It was just like, holy shit, this going to work, Nick. Also, I was on the West Coast instead of, you know, 2,000 miles away. So I guess it, it makes more sense that uh, international people were coming abroad, especially the Vancouver of all places. Right. Which is why, you know, I said, you know, if you have any questions uh, or in general to people who are new to a culture like Vancouver, or at least a mix, such a mixed culture like Vancouver, like just ask questions. Uh Maybe find one or two people that you can ask and then just ask and say, I just want to understand or I just really want to know why this happens, um, which is uh, so I, I'm just glad that there was uh, it makes sense why there was culture shock. And then there was also some learning experience out of all of this. Absolutely. I came to appreciate it a lot by the end of it. And speaking of drinking culturally, uh, you and your roommate, Mr. Eugene, decided to have me try something called a pepper vodka. Yeah, no, fuck that. I fucking hate pepper. I don't like vodka. We've had that sitting there forever. And I believe it was by I took a sip on day one. And by day two, I showed up with uh, tomato juice. I announced, give me a liquor you guys know that you will never drink. Give me the worst one you guys don't like. That way I can I can drink it. And you guys looked at each other like knowingly. You're going to give me some terrible poison. And I'm like, oh, God, what the hell are they going to give me? And he gave me vodka. I'm like, okay. And they're like, but there's pepper in it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> to me, it's like I got A, vodka, B, pepper. I'm missing component C, tomato juice. And it's like, I see nothing wrong here. And <laughs> fucking drank that shit like it was candy. And so you, you said the, that vodka actually came straight from the motherland? Um, yeah, either Russia or Ukraine. Eugene bought it back with him on one of uh, when he went home for the summer. I think it was two two years ago now. Um, I didn't like it. He didn't like it. I had my own issues with vodka, and also I don't like pepper. Um, it just wasn't his thing. It's not bad alcohol by any means. It's no, it's very, it was fucking it's fantastic. Very, oh no, it's very <laughs> good quality uh, alcohol. We just didn't like it. Yeah, you know? so we're we're just happy that somebody finally did enjoy it. 
Oh man, yeah, that that was definitely my calling. Uh, maybe not my favorite drink I had there because uh, over at Granville Island, we actually departed with a couple of uh, drinks. I got to get some uh, local uh, sparkling wine as well as uh, uh, some kind of ale, I believe. Ah, yes, yes, it was a it was a raspberry ale, I think. Hmm. Yes, it, it sounds right, and it tasted pretty damn good, man. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, Vancouver is a hub for um, microbreweries and craft beer, so yeah. you'll find stuff like that. And I like my uh, weedy, uh, lighter beers, fruity beers, and um, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I really did. You enjoyed it a whole, whole lot more than I did. Yes, okay, I get it. We both had a four-pack, and I might have drank five cans, okay? I'm sorry. Six. I, six. Shit. I goofed. It was good, okay? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I wasn't complaining. I was just like, okay, my I, tab, guess, okay? I, I guess we're out of beer already. I guess um, we're out of beer because the fucking orc lord over here keeps drinking our fucking shit. He opens our mouth and he we just pop the barrel and everything disappears. So staying on the topic of food and drinks before we get on to some of the other things that we did. Um, one of the things that I had the great pleasure of showing you and one of the things that you enjoyed was ramen. Yes. We, like, we went to downtown Vancouver and we got to go to a legit ramen shop. Like proper, like actual, like Naruto fish cake ramen. Okay. Okay, neither of us got one of those, but we're talking about like actual, like actual ramen, not like um, out of a pack and then you put it in a bowl. And this put the isn't the fourteen cent uh, beef or spicy chicken that I might have had yesterday. Ramen? No, no, this was good ramen. It was a place called Hokkaido Sentoka. Um, I believe they they have a. Uh, I believe you. <laughs> I believe they have restaurants in Japan, um, and then they opened up this one here. Um, but there are a bunch of awesome ramen places, and that was the 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 balance between portion and price. Um, and how how was your experience with ramen for the first time, Tyler? I'm, I'm trying to remember specifically what I had. It was a spicy miso or something like that. Yeah, uh, so it was a spicy uh, miso broth. Uh, I think it was called the kara miso. Um, okay. And you got a combo that came with a side dish of grilled salmon, uh, uh, grilled salmon on rice. Nice. Holy yeah. shit, I forgot about that. That was so good. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I would have went there again. Oh, man, I was addicted to bubble tea, almost to the point of senselessness. But fuck, that ramen was so good. It was weird because, A, I don't know how to use chopsticks, and B, I told myself I did, and even though I was holding it in the correct or incorrect posture, I was still trying to eat it with chopsticks for a majority of that. I never really considered, like, the importance of enjoying the broth as well. Like, just little simple things like that where, you know, when you think of ramen, you just think, like, oh, noodles. And then, you know, maybe uh, with a expanded galaxy brain uh, thought, oh, toppings on noodles. But the broth was so fucking good, too, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Also, I made the mistake of eating the egg right there before putting <laughs> in the ramen. Like, well, oh, I mean, egg. Cool. I wonder what well, this I mean. Is. I don't know if um, I don't know if it was it's supposed like it's just one of those one of their side dishes. I just feel felt like I think it would be good if I put it in the broth and just let it sit there. So it's not like I don't think it's a must do kind of thing. And I treated it like a pregame breath mint. Great. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, we got to go to ramen and there's one more food place that I think. Um, oh, uh, uh, we 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 thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Uh I mean, I'm sure Tyler can talk about the price a little bit. 
um, and maybe air out some grievances. But I think the overall positive outweighed. It was 100% positive. It was at like 80% until I realized it was my mistake. Also, Nick, you got to understand, I had a Mai Tai during that time, which was their most alcoholic drink, I believe it was called. That's uh, fair. So I, I was a, a little frustrated because uh, I made a critical error in my uh, what I thought was a proper substitution. But yeah, we went to a Kobe Steakhouse. So Kobe Steakhouse uh, here in Vancouver is basically a uh, high-class uh, hibachi teppanyaki place. And basically, it's it's one of those places where you sit down at a, a table, like a little thing around a big grill, and the chef will come out and cook all your food right in front of you. Oh, man. Raffi? Raffi. Razzy? Raffi. Yeah. Holy fuck. God bless you, Raffi. Raffi, I know it was just your first time at the grill, but <laughs> I will sing your name, provided I remember it from the top of the highest mountains, which there's a lot around you, actually, so maybe not, but the highest mountain I can find within, like, 50 feet of my house, so maybe on top of the doghouse or something, but holy crap, crap Raffi, you, you fucking made my day that day. Holy crap, we... we <laughs> I've never been at a hibachi grill before. Neither have I, and that was a fantastic experience. So basically, um, uh, how Kobe Steakhouse worked was you pick out one of their uh, set dinners, and the dinner we picked, we got a shrimp appetizer, some vegetables, uh, some scallops, a chicken uh, teriyaki, some steak, and some more vegetables, and then ice cream at the end. And... It was me, Eugene, Tyler, and my friend Tanish, uh, who came along with us. Um, and at our table, I think it could fit uh, maybe three or four more people. But there were two other uh, uh, ladies who were also seated at the same uh, table. And I, I can't remember what they got. But anyways, and then he started cooking. And then he said things. He flambeed things. And he was putting got. on a show for us. What, what, what did they get? The answer is, who the fuck cares? Because it was <laughs> us, man. It was all about us. Holy shit, you're right. All the shit he put on there. Look, uh, we got something called, like, what? The Legendary Platter or some shit like that? I It was something like that. I can't even remember. But it was fucking fantastic. Look, when he started putting good stuff in the... You know, he's like, oh, I'm going to cook this, cook this. And he's like, ah, get your camera out. One, two, three. <laughs> Big ass play. Holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. He starts shooting shit at all of us, and I was like, "Oh man, this is pretty good." I'm, uh, you know, I'm not quite full. And he's like, "Oh, let me get wave two of 10 I'm like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and he, he starts shooting around, and it's like this is a masterpiece that he gets to do, you know, uh, like a 15 minute work of art, and he is just laying food in front of me, and I'm just appreciating. He's like, "Oh, you should use this sauce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll get you my sauce," and he's just letting all of us go at it. And I'm trying to be nice as shit to him, Nick. That way, yeah. Raffi gives me the extras because I was begging <laughs> for more. He was like, uh, oh, as good as I can. Which, I, honestly, I wouldn't have even needed extras with how much food there was. Um, no, there was way too much. Like, yeah. I was the, the blueberry girl from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I was like, and, no more. Okay, some more. And so all of us, um, all four of us got uh, the same thing uh except for one thing which we'll mention now it's one little thing but all of us got the same thing uh so like i said shrimp scallops vegetables chicken more vegetables and then steak um and that was about let's say 90 canadian dollars so yes. something like 70 ish us uh yeah, like which a 70 dollar ex- plate yeah so for the experience uh and the quality of the food 
I think it was worth it as an occasional thing. Um, and then Look, I'd do Kobe, it every day if I had the chance, man. I guess anybody would. Kobe's Takehouse um, offers. Uh, there, there can be a few things said about the expense of uh, how expensive food is in Vancouver, and I think just it's the lifestyle itself. But Kobe's mm-hmm. Takehouse offers an upgrade option uh, to any of their steaks or any of their dinner uh, dinner uh, sets. Uh, you can upgrade to a premium Kobe Wagyu beef steak. Wagyu beef. So um, good. And Tyler, being on vacation, chose to go with that option. Um, he got the smaller of the ones, right? Can I have a little story time here? All, all floors, all yours. So imagine me, ninth grade gym class. I was sitting there, just I haven't gotten into my swimming team yet, a little chubby. So me and two other people. One of them is one of my closest friends, Nick Truex. The other person was named as Joe Takuda. I'm sorry, that's a generic name. I think uh, it's. <laughs> Yeah, I figured uh, nobody's going to be able to find joke because I can't. So <laughs> we talk about many things, the three of us, uh, during this gym class because we got 10 minutes beforehand. And during one of the times I spent with Mr. Takuda was uh, t- explaining to me that there was a time when he was with his family in Japan that he got to try this legendary steak. And he was explaining to me that there is a place where they take cows and they give them beer every fucking day. They massage these cows. They make these cows have the best fucking, most tenderized life that they could possibly have. And then they turn them into fucking steaks. And he's like, I got one of those steaks once. It was $100, but it was the best steak I ever had in my life. That was me in ninth grade. Fast forward 10, 15 years later, and I see the fucking name of Wagyu Beef at this Kobe Steakhouse in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Holy shit, Nick. There is a lot of things on my bucket list that I didn't think I was ever going to achieve by going to your local Genji's or any kind of restaurant around here. But I saw that and I realized that my wife was going to hate my account balance because (laughs) I was going to give anything to try this fucking steak. Nick, I got that fucking steak. You got that steak while it was small because of the portion sizes of everything else. That the marbling on that fucking steak looks so good. Holy shit. I could chisel a fucking statue out of that marble. That's how good it was. <laughs> I know that doesn't make sense, but humor me. It makes sense. <laughs> Julius Caesar could be seen in that steak with how chiseled that marble was in that fucking steak. It was beautiful. Like, oh. I, I feel. I feel like that that piece of steak got cut off by fucking Gordon Ramsay himself. Now the only drawback to all of that was that it added an additional eighty dollars to your bill. Now, mind you guys, uh, I told you know, I mentioned before I had something I believe was called a mai tai, uh, very alcoholic. I chugged that bitch within like you know the first fifteen minutes, so I was a little inebriated when uh, we were ordering, and so I saw the legendary platter. We're gonna call it that for eighty eight Canadian dollars. And then Wagyu beef for an additional $88. I was like, okay, I kind of want the Wagyu beef, but everybody else is getting the legendary platter. And then uh, I believe you, Nick, you're like, ah, hey, you can just substitute it in. So I'm like, okay. And so she calculates it up after asking the price. And it's like $156. I'm like, the fuck? Are you giving me both of them together? Are you going to give me double, you know, everything that comes with the Wagyu beef and all that shit? And uh, 
I didn't correct or anything. I was like, okay, I guess I'm just getting a shit ton of food. I didn't realize that the Wagyu beef was $88 for four ounces by itself at the time. It freaked me the fuck out how expensive the steak was. Right, yeah. Uh, which is why I said you can say that there, there are some things to be said about how expensive food can get in Vancouver, but um, that was that was one of one of the most fun experiences I think of the of the trip of you visiting that dinner that was that was phenomenal Nick that was the most expensive dinner I've had in my life like my honeymoon dinner was I think forty dollars at the most right. like this dinner that I had it was like I think total up with tip and everything was 200 Canadian which uh so around 160 180 American and so I have had food budgets for two, three weeks that was lower than that one meal I had that <laughs> night. Holy fucking shit. Was that a there that you know the guy was gonna tell me, oh, it's gonna taste like butter in your mouth and stuff like that. And it's like I don't want it to taste like butter. I want it to taste like, you know, Julius Caesar's chin in my mouth. <laughs> I, I want it, I want to taste that marble. And it was good. Was it life changing? Maybe. I enjoyed it. I I can now say I had wacky beef. And it was fucking good. Will I ever get it again? Fuck no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that you are buying bragging rights as well as the food. If I yeah. could buy the Wagyu steak without bragging rights for like maybe 40 bucks, probably. But I was happy with it. <laughs> Not for fucking again. Never again. No. Um, and so we're, we're, we're sort of wrapping up, uh, or at least we're in the second half, the last half of like, uh, the major details from Tyler's Canada trip. Uh, we'll get to like some of the road stuff that we did. Uh, but I wanted to talk about us watching something at night. We found a, a TV show, an anime specifically to watch. And it, it was quite bizarre. It is quite bizarre. <laughs> oh, Nick, you're so funny. But I am very say funny. That. I'm hilarious. What an adventure we're going to have talking about this. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have a Joe Jolly good time. <laughs> Uh, is Jojo's- there any other jokes you want to <laughs> drop in the ground, Nick? It's our adventure. Uh, we started watching that uh, just as we just we were just chilling, hanging out, drinking whatever, and we were just like, let's find something to watch. And we found that. We just, just decided to pick it. You what see, it- my arm gets heavy holding this imaginary gun to Nick's head to play more Breath of the Wild. And so I decided, you know, or we decided that it'd be better if we can just watch something together. We decided anime. And I was hoping to find something like bo-bo-bo, bo-bo-bo, bo-bo-bo-bo. <laughs> have you ever heard of that? Anime? I have. It's fucking it's... nutty. Yes. And so I was like, well, what's something similar to that? And I remember people telling me Jojo Bizarre's adventure is a bit weird. You probably won't understand. I was like, yeah, I'm having a drink. Maybe I'll open my mind. So we watched it. I still have no fucking idea what's going on, man. I need to know what's going to happen. Like, I, I can't. Like they they just stand in such ridiculous manner. I I love it. It it it's it, trying to explain JoJo Bizarre's adventure for anybody who's watched it. They understand trying to explain it is pure madness. It is in a, literally an adventure that is bizarre by a person named JoJo, who in uh, the beginning at the very least is trying to seek the end of his adopted brother, if you want to call him that, Dio, which. <laughs> What the fuck is going? Like, Dragon Ball Z doesn't turn this wild sometimes. I mean, like, well, Dragon Ball Z is pretty straightforward. Like, Yeah, it's straightforward. It's, you get stronger. There's a new form and whatnot. Here, yeah. though, it's like, here's new powers you never knew you had, but you're going to acquire them in 72 hours. 
and we, we we didn't even get to the stances dude like no i'm starting to question i was like wait i thought there were stances and whatnot jojo looks really weird in this uh am i looking at the wrong at nope it's it's there Just probably gonna wait like two more episodes and then i feel like by episode uh 15 or something like that we're gonna have like uh jojo versus dio in a yukio card battle or something like that <laughs> the crossover be- you didn't know you needed you activated my trap card. It was me, Dio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, th- those are the kinds of things we got up to while uh, Tyler was here. Um, and the one thing that we did, uh, which I think was probably the most relaxing part of it all, was we went in in the same day. We went to the aquarium and we went on a mini road trip. Yes, um, I love the Vancouver Aquarium specifically. Um, it is always a good time just walking around all the different exhibits um, and and just taking it all in. Um, they have one of my favorite sea creatures of all times. Sea otters. Okay, I was going to say, are you holding me in suspense? Because I already know. Are you trying to hold them in suspense? Because they don't know either way. Plus, I have a little something called truncate silence, Nick. It's going to cut out any excess silence. So <laughs> just you saying, <clears throat> one of my favorite creatures, uh, sea otters. It's like, okay. yeah, <laughs> No. Um, if if you want hawk. me to, I can look for it 51 minutes into the show and make sure to ad- keep that two seconds of edit suspense. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, sea it's otters, go ahead. I love sea otters. Man. They're they're fucking They're cute and they roll huge. around and then they hold each other. Yeah, sea otters are massive. Uh, it's like uh, freshwater uh, otters that are the smaller ones, but sea otters get pretty big. I think they got up to three, four feet. Um, they and, and they're so fluffy and they're cute and they hold hands while they're sleeping so that they don't drift away from each other. And then they play with things and they're swimming around. I I found my spirit animal. They're called sea lions, apparently. <laughs> Uh, the sea lions were pretty dope, too. Uh, the important thing for me, I think, about the Vancouver Aquarium is that a lot of their bigger creatures are um, uh, either rescues or in rehab, and uh, they'll release them back out if they feel like they're healthy enough to survive in the wild. So I was telling you, they used to have a beluga whale, and they used to have many more. They used to have uh, more porpoises as well, which are like do- cousins to dolphins, um, hmm. but they must have been released um, since I last visited. We did see either, I don't know if it was a porpoise or a dolphin, but we did get to see a dolphin that was uh, missing a fin, it looked like. Yeah, so that was the, that's the one mainstay porpo- uh, porpoise. I can't remember her name. Um, and then they do a show with her every, I think, uh, a few times a day uh, where they talk about porpoises, why they're different from dolphins, and then they talk about that one specifically and what they're kind of doing and their efforts uh, since, since they've been open. And it had a good old fun time with some kind of pool toy i was actually impressed with uh mm-hmm. you know, it was cool uh just to touch back on them fucking sea lions they're loud they uh they were i don't know if they were just angry if they're being territorial with each other or if they just wanted the guffaw but uh yeah uh one just kept sticking well both of them kept sticking out its head of the water and, you know orton or 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 yeah my dumbass decided to or back and that <laughs> motherfucker heard me <laughs> <laughs> and so in front of us uh you know got a section of water but then right next to us there was a rock-based platform that they can hop on 
and that motherfucker hopped on the rock and started losing his shit with us. And I was like, okay, <laughs> nope, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I pulled my fingers away from the rail kind of stuff. Like, no, I'm not fucking around with this. I I, I want to keep them where they are. I, I need my uh, max XP rates for RuneScape. Right, I, I right. cannot I cannot afford having a, a territory battle with this rock with a, a sea lion. Yeah, so we saw some sea lions. Uh, we saw, I think they only had the one or two seals um, on this visit. Um, they had a new, uh, there was a little walkthrough kind of terrarium kind of thing, and they had butterflies this time. And Tyler got to see <laughs> just how terrified I am of insects. Um, yeah, it, it butterflies, every, though, even. It, I, I, anything that's bigger than a fly or a mosquito or an ant and is flying near me, I can't, like, it, I just can't. It's amazing because a lot of those things you just described are probably one of the biggest things you should be afraid of compared to these bigger insects, like a mosquito. I mean, mosquitoes can carry oh, yeah, a lot but, of shit. Oh yeah, but like I, you know, I spent many a summer in India. Like I'm, I'm used to mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are commonplace for me. Um, mm. So yeah, no, it's just I, I can't. I don't know what it is. I, I can't deal with it. And it took everything in my willpower to not freak out constantly while we were there because I wanted to look at the fucking monkeys, and the monkeys were cute as shit. So, Nick, if you were to, for example, ever to visit us and we were to go to the Detroit Zoo, they have a uh, like a, a terrarium that is meant for uh, birds and butterflies. Uh, there's a butterfly right. sanctuary. Would you go into the butterfly sanctuary? Um, see, I would because I know I know. And most of these other ones are also fairly harmless. But like butterf- like I might consider a butterfly more than any other kind of bug. Um, and I would at least try to. Uh, but it'd be very hard for me to keep my cool. We can understand you and I right now that butterflies to humans are completely harmless unless you open your mouth and one kamikaze right into your throat, right? Yes. And even then, uh, I don't think uh, it would kill you. It would just yes. make you sick at most. Yes. And you're still afraid of them. A hundred percent. What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser! Good! Huh. I mean, I did watch you, like, lock eyes with a demon from hell last night in a stream that was uh, your common house <laughs> spider, I'm guessing. No, this one was a little smaller. It didn't have long legs. Oh, it, was it was red. It was... Oh, wow. Jesus. Yeah, so... Uh, okay, no. If, if it was red, fuck that shit. That is a Zelda like boss brown. that needed to be destroyed. It was brown or red, and I'm like, I'm not taking any fucking chances. I don't know what the fuck you guys have over him. Uh, uh, British Columbia, but we we, like, we don't have fear. any black widows or recluses. I know that much. Well, good for fucking you. <laughs> I, I know you guys got a bunch of orb weavers. That's for fucking sure, though. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, like I'm not a big. I'm not terrified of uh, web spiders typically, because if they're in their web and I don't go near the web, nothing to worry about. And most Agreed. of the time, they're. They're not the kind to like to come down and try to land on you because they're not fucking stupid. They they got their trap. They're waiting for their food. There they go. Hunter type spiders, on the other hand, scared the fucking shit out of me like wolf spiders. That shit I can't have because those are the kind that like to travel around your house versus just having a web. They will look for food versus waiting for food to come to them. And I know I'm not on the fucking menu, but by God, if they try to think, you know, like, oh, maybe could that. Could that fat motherfucker be an appetizer? <laughs> the day that happens, I'm burning shit, man. I'm burning shit. I keep a lighter on me for a reason. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, 
but but moving on from uh, bugs, aquariums, spiders. Uh, that same day, uh, so morning was the aquarium, and that same day we drove up into the mountains. We drove up, I think it was something like um, 80, 90 miles. Um, here I'm doing the thing for you too. Ah, uh, 134 uh, kilometers. Sure. Okay, that's exactly what we did, which is 83 miles. What? I was trying to be nice to you too. I know how far I drove. We, we were holding hands, the bullshit and the metric system hand in hand. <laughs> Um, we drove up, uh, there's a highway here called the Sea to Sky Highway that goes, uh, starts close to like downtown North Vancouver, um, and then goes up into the mountains into Whistler, um, a little, uh, ski resort town kind of place. Uh, and we really just took that route just to take in the views because you literally drive through the mountains up and down winding roads. Um, you get to see some snow-capped mountains even this time of the year. We drove up there, had some lunch, and then drove back down. Um, how was how was that trip for you, Tyler? I think that was your first time being surrounded by mountains to that extent. Uh, in a car, yes. Yeah, I mean, okay. I've, I've, you know, I've yeah. traveled through mountains, all that stuff in the trucks. But like taking a personal voyage to where I get to explore a, not rural, R-U-R-A-L, rural? Rural, yeah. Okay. Did you just do that? What? Something's fucking with me. And I don't know what it was. I just heard a horror sting, Nick. Like, mm, something on my computer just played and it just freaked me. It's kind of like when you play Minecraft and it just hits you with an audio file. I have no idea where the fuck it just came from. Okay, yeah, no, I don't fuck with people. No, that's not me. I'm not a prankster. You you promised me because now now I'm like, am I in a fucking horror game? I just, I just went, it might've been a vibration for my, no, I didn't get an email. No, it wasn't me. Okay, cool. <laughs> Audio hallucinations. Uh, that's part of a cold, right? Oh boy. <laughs> Anyways. Wait, what happens if I say that word again? Rural. Or maybe. Oh, it might've just been a car passing by. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> uh <laughs> Because you said it again, and I heard the fucking noise, and then I just hear, okay, so when I made the noise originally, okay, it makes sense. A fucking car passed by. I was We're not expecting again, people. We're okay. I'm not crazy. I'm just a little. Well, I know. Sometimes you can't tell. Anyways, going through the mountains in uh, Nick's, uh, I'm not going to call it a tiny as shit little cr- It's a tiny car. as shit little car. I'm going to call it a gas efficient vehicle, <laughs> even though I just pretty much named it down to the to the detail. Uh, it was a beautiful sight. The moment we got past the Lions Gate Bridge, I would say after about five miles. Uh, OK, it is legit a car passing by. Wow. Have I? Dr- Maybe there's a gas leak in here. Uh, the Sea to si- uh, Sky Corridor was probably one of the most beautiful natural sights I've ever been able to see in my entire life. I've seen mountains, I've seen valleys, I've seen oceans now, I've seen the Great Lakes, and obviously we got our man-made structures, but seeing the ocean on one side and a mountain range on the other, and we were just traveling along the side of it, was probably a very magical moment. It was one of those things where I originally tried playing RuneScape on the mobile, but it was one of those things where it's just, you got to put it down. And 
I got to enjoy that for about an hour and a half. It was an amazing ride. I was a little confused, but I also understood that the uh, that when it, this is weird for me because in Vancouver, the highest speed I saw you were able to legally go was 65 miles an hour to me, which uh, an interstate speed for us nowadays is about 75, which is a lot faster. Now, Nick here uh, needs to plead uh, the whatever the Canadian equivalent of the Fifth Amendment is, but uh, he likes to go fast. He would not fuck around going around these mountains. He would not uh, do anything beyond the uh, recommended posted speed limit. Yeah, no, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a flat road, when I can see everything around me properly, there's no blind spots. I'll push it a little bit. But on a road like that, where it curves a so much bit. and it goes up and down, I'm not I'm not fucking with that. No, I have I have I have passenger and my own life. I'm not fucking around with that on a mountain road. No. And it was just weird doing 45, 55 miles an hour around, you know, going through the mountains for an hour and a half. And it was just a thrilling experience. We went beyond the point where 80% of uh, Canadians don't live there anymore. Like, I, I, I love this fact where 80% of Canadians live within 100 kilometers of the Canadian U.S. border. Once yeah, we hit past like 60 that. 60 miles or something. And then beyond that, it's like. It might as well be the Yukon at that point. They just, you know. Pretty much stretched in early or some shit but yeah uh by the time we got out there you know traveling got pretty scarce uh well there's still plenty of cars and traffic especially since that was like the only main highway out there but we saw some fucking nature man and the 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 way the mountains developed in that region was it was fucking great man yeah no i um i love it i'm more of a mountain person than a beach or a sea person and um I, I that was the first time I'd, I I was making that drive to myself at least that far. Um, we made that drive and it wasn't me driving. Then it was my uh, my dad when I first got to Vancouver, and you know before classes started we were being touristy and so we did go up to Whistler and uh, this was the first time I drove that far on my own and it is a fantastic drive. I was impressed. I was surprised you wouldn't let me drive. Um, why is that? Like. Uh, surprise for you in what way well actually let's get this out of the way nick yeah you would let me drive once no because um insurance is fucked here and i can't take the off chance not that you're a bad driver but if anything were to happen i'd rather my insurance go up by my hand so even if you were to get into an accident and this is the same thing with all my friends so unless it was an emergency i don't let anybody drive my car if you got into an accident while you were driving my car it would still reflect on me because the car is registered to me and I'm already paying forty two hundred a year for insurance. Okay, fair. That's the only reason. I know. I, I just I would have killed the drive. Maybe I, next time I can just um, lease a car for a couple of days. That way I can just enjoy driving around myself. Because ah, fuck man, I want to go more north and more east next yeah. time I go there. Uh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, um, for you it shouldn't be an issue because you're a above twenty five. Uh, you're a professional driver, so uh, rent, rental rates. Oh, be that now you fucking recognize it, sir. Yeah, no, like I get shafted on if I have, if I even think about renting a car in the states, I get shafted hard. It's about 150, 160 for me for one day for a small uh, little hatchback. Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> a little uh, Volkswagen Beetle. Pretty much, yeah. No, it's bad for anybody under 25 to want to rent. Yeah. Mm, okay. Fair. It's just I, I'm, I'm I do remember mentioning professional driver, and it was either you or Gene were like, for trucks though, right? It's like, <laughs> oh, 
Oh. It was probably Eugene because that doesn't sound like me, and that sounds like you. And you got a very, very good introduction to Eugene as a person. Yeah, I love you, Eugene. You fucking sukablat. Hey, Eugene. Yeah, no, uh, Eugene's a good friend. He taught me some uh, interesting Russian words, as yeah. you probably. Yeah. Um, but that was a trip for the most part. Uh, we did go out one night and get completely plastered, and that was a whirlwind of a night. I don't want to. I don't want to go into too much detail about it, just because there's some things that we shouldn't put everything out there. But it was. I totally it was a understand. Night. Yeah. I got drunk publicly for the first time, and I'm pretty sure I won't be doing it again for a very long time due to the worst case scenario in my head actually happening. Besides going to jail, I did not go to jail, thankfully, but we had some crazy shit happen. Fortunately, nobody got hurt. Everybody ah, got you home did. safe. You fucked up oh, yeah, your my, elbow my, pretty good, man. My elbow, my elbow still hurts, but he, um, he decided to go down two flights of stairs and try to elbow drop the floor and. Uh, he he got the move down, but goddamn, that gotta hurt. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't do any damage to the stairs. But you know what are you gonna do? So sometimes you just have to go for it and try. Yeah, the stairs no sell. Um, it was impressive, man. But you know, Eugene took care of us that night. Everybody got home safe. Um, nobody was except for me. Nobody was injured. Uh, nobody had got anything stolen. It was just one hell of a night. And I'd like to think that we're closer for it now. That is one way of viewing it. <laughs> that is definitely one way of viewing it uh i like i understand a little bit more of you now uh yeah. for better and for worse yeah. uh for example you, you you shared me your your stolen your little secret on your dog tag that don't know what you're the, talking about the ultimate uh discussion of your name and it's a oh man take to your grave little richie warrior 11 fuck That's you exactly i just it. said it fuck you i just said it okay pikachu meme the Pikachu meme. Okay. <laughs> um, any last things about about your trip overall, Tyler? Yeah, fuck planes. Fuck I, planes with a goddamn passion. Not for the same reason as you, or the same ferocity, but I agree. Fuck planes. Fuck planes. Now, more fuck my personal morbid obesity as well. But there's a couple of problems I had with some of these planes. They're meant to fit as many people as possible in the plane. That's understandable. They want to make the most money. I understand that. I respect that companies like getting money. However, they're they're meant for people who are like ready for the Olympics thin. Okay, maybe even okay, people who, who are going to the Olympics usually aren't thin, they're pretty muscular, so maybe that's not a great example. Thinner than myself, though. I got yeah. my mother's child birthing hips. They're pretty wide hips. It doesn't help. I'm also fat. We also came to terms with that. So putting me in a seat that is four inches uh, close to like they, they had fucking handles on each side. And those handles are four inches closer than what my hips would prefer to be. Caused me to fucking bruise my hips and hurt like a motherfucker for four hours. And shit like that just drove me batshit crazy. But anytime somebody goes on the plane, they usually get something to complain, you know, baby crying and all that stuff. The nice thing is it gets you to your destination faster. And what's four hours of misery that saves you 26 hours to driving in the car. So what the fuck ever? Yeah, yeah, it's all bullshit. Fuck planes. Fuck planes. Thank you. Yeah, um, I, I am just curious about this. I didn't ask uh, I, or I forgot to ask. When was the last time you were on a plane before this trip? The last time I was a plane, uh, <laughs> last time I was a plane, 
I was a Boeing 737. I was beautiful, man. I was fucking beautiful. <laughs> the way it took off in the sky. Some people think I couldn't. Just a dream. Anyways, uh, the last time I uh, went on an airplane. <laughs> sorry, I just, yeah. I, I was just imagining a giant Boeing 737 with my head on it, just taking <laughs> and going into the sunset. Oh, so. Uh, Anyways, trying to get back a second time to the, your, the answering your question. Last time I was on an airplane was probably sometime in 2011. Okay. So it's been eight years. Yeah, it's been eight a while. Since yeah. I've gone on an airplane. And uh, yeah, it was, it, that experience wasn't that bad, uh, especially considering I uh, within the same month I was on a bus at one point. And buses here are vicious, regardless of whether or not you know you're you're fat or not, because they they will pack you as tight as you can. Planes do it too, but at least there's some possibility of comfort. But uh, it, it made me appreciate it back then. But nowadays, right. no, I'm spoiled. I think next time, like I may have to consider you know getting upgrades to shit, which you know is unfortunate. But you pay more money to feel comfortable for a flight for four hours. You know that's what I'm going to go for. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm I can understand the discomfort of airplanes to a certain extent purely because um, every year I do travel at least twice, uh, a fourteen hour uh, on one plane on the same plane. It's a fourteen hour trip, Jesus and Christ. I I get restless. Uh, it's not about the noise. It's not about the comp. I just get very restless, and being in that one spot for so long, it it's I, I can't. This, which is why I didn't go home this past winter. Like, I really w- wanted to, but I didn't want to deal with traveling um, because it just takes so much out of you sometimes. Especially, yes, like, going... Uh, like, you experienced it with three hours. Now, imagine you're not... If you're not used to it and you have to deal with it... Three hours when, Nick? The the delay? My plan is four and a half. Don't discredit my fucking flight. Okay, I'm not talking about the travel time. I'm talking about the uh, time zone change. The travel oh, okay. time tune, but the time zone time zone changes three hours. Uh, okay, dealing I'm with, you. I'm sorry, I'll take I take back what I said. You, get, you gave me full with credit. Twelve hours. I'll is... check my crediting privileges. <laughs> but anyways, we are a video game podcast, and while we did want to, yes, Tyler, I still got some shit to say about these fucking plates. By all means, uh, Mister Vidito, the floor is yours. Please uh, I, enlighten us. Look, fuck pressure uh, pressurization. I know we need it, otherwise I'll start bleeding out of the eyeballs and all that shit. But even while chewing gum, when I got to Vancouver, it was so bad that I got a, like a migraine for all the pressure that was put on my fucking head. It's understandable, it's natural, it's part of the process. Fuck that shit. On my way back, though, I don't know what the fuck happened, Nick, but uh, it got really, really fucking bad. Yeah, especially if you're not used to it, um, uh, you know, I, I unfortunately, not unfortunately, I, I've traveled far enough where a lot of this doesn't get to me anymore, um, but it, it can get bad if you're not used to it. Like, basically what happened was, uh, for those who probably pieced it together, I got sick uh, as soon as I came back, and, uh, you know, mostly in the nose and the throat. And when it comes to the nose and whatnot, when it affects the sinuses, there's, uh, I don't know what the actual term is called. I think it's like a eustachian tube, which is a uh, section that connects your nose to your ear. So when my ears hurt like two, three days after going, touching down from an air flight, uh, and every time you blow a nose, you know, you're putting pressure on your ears. It's just fucking miserable. Yeah. And also it doesn't help that airplanes are very, very much unhygienic. 
uh, for the most part. The air is not, it's it's recirculated and it is a breeding ground. And so whenever I do travel, uh, either to back home to Dubai or to India, I, I'm always prepared to get sick. Not from the pressurization in this case, but just because of what I would have been exposed to and the stress from traveling that long. Uh, I'm like, all right, so some, some, sometime halfway through this trip, I'm going to fall sick for a few days. And that's just, it's a guarantee. There is one thing I'd want to give a blessing, though, and that is uh, I did get sick at the very, very, very back end of the vacation, which is, you know, as soon as uh, I got hit with that on Monday, I'm like, fuck it. I, I'll take it now. Go ahead and hit me with it. Yeah. And the other thing is, didn't need the piss or shit on the airplane. That's all I could ever ask for. I was afraid that I was going to get jet bloat and all that stuff I was telling you about. We ate some weird shit uh, or yeah. I, both when I got there and then uh, on my way back. It was all good, man. Thank you. Good. I'm glad. So, um, so are we we good with the plane rant now? So we're a video game podcast, are we? We are a video game podcast, and we just wanted to. This was this no, was our great adventure. This is <laughs> casual master quest, great adventure. Uh, yeah, we went on a fucking quest, a master quest. Holy shit, we, we did. Um, and so casually too. Death Saving Bros is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast that'll make you feel like you're at the table with friends as our adventurers bumble their way around. I jump over the railing and tackle Figus. See Figus, they do remember you. Who? Uh, and who the fuck is that? I need your help. With what? The tips. I need the tips, <laughs> Frosted Figa. To be frosted. New episodes are released every Tuesday on your podcasting app of choice, so join us in the realm of Ralvaria for an epic quest you won't forget. Everybody is to hear the magic that is going to be created right now. The, the video game talk is going to be light this week, um, as as expected, or, or as as you could probably figure out. But we are going to talk about now. Tell her whatever you played this past these past two weeks. Uh, I know you played at least one game. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife was hoping that by going to the Canada, I would cut down a little bit on my RuneScape playing. I'm a fucking enabler. Nick's a fucking enabler. Nick's roommate Eugene is a fucking enabler. You see, I do have RuneScape on my phone. That is true. But the amount that I can play on it is limited at best. I can't really, I mean, I can try, but there's only so much you can do on the phone for, you know, uh, your battery dies and all that stuff. And so what does Nick and his roommate do? But give me the fucking TV in the living room and a goddamn desktop to hook up to it to play RuneScape in my free time on a vacation that took me across the fucking country out of the country three time zones away to a location my wife hoped I was going to stop playing RuneScape and what the fuck did I do I played fucking more RuneScape to be fair oh you boy. carried it on by playing on your phone and and also we provided the desktop for a completely different reason you just happened to propagate your RuneScape addiction but we are fucking enablers. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, this reminded me of the fucking uh, GIF image I saw where uh, it shows a dog barking at a human and the uh, human was barking back. And it's the, uh, the uh, guy, like it shows subtitles. And it's like, <laughs> why did he shoot on the fucking floor? And the dog's like, the cat was the one that shit on the floor. And the guy's like, we don't have a cat. And the dog just kind of turns up the camera and goes, <laughs> it's just, that's me <laughs> I played RuneScape I, I played way too much RuneScape Nick yeah 
So to tally everything up, for those who are well aware, I'm playing RuneScape. I'm trying to get the max skill cape where you get a 99 in every skill. Uh, since we last talked, I believe I got four skills up to 99, which includes uh, agility, mining, invention, and now dungeoneering. Nice. Uh, which was uh, a hard one for me. But thankfully, there is a way to where you can cheese it by playing with friends. Or if you don't have friends, you can pi uh, pay people. So I paid people. <laughs> and uh, I, okay. do you think I'm kidding? I fucking paid <laughs> no, people. I know and they, they fucking carried me. Hey, it's all legit in-game gold. They got a process for it. And the people, some people recognize that you need the skill in order to get some requirements. And people hate Dungeoneering. And there's a group of people that get very specific joy of helping you out. You can right. also do it for free, but you're on a lower waiting list. I got money. I can burn, you know, gold. So, I, you know, only 50 million gold, which sounds like a lot. It's not, thankfully. And uh, oh, you had something I, like five, six hundred million. Yeah, I was at five hundred million after a bunch of cool shit came my way after winning the fucking lottery and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I'm down to like 450 right now. And goddamn, <laughs> I got how many did I say I got four uh, skills left? I got to get the 99th. Yeah, four. Yeah, four. And uh, just to touch up a little bit on RuneScape, uh, I got excited because one of those skills is Hunter. And uh, Jay gets the uh, developer or you know, the owners of RuneScape. It's like, hey, coming up this July, we're going to create a new way to play Hunter. It's going to be refreshing and fun. And I'm like, okay, cool. Fuck it. Yeah, I'll, I'll save that for last. And then I did research, Nick, and I realized, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> you what, see, the what reason, happened here? The reason why they're changing uh, the way we level Hunter is because uh, with the introdu uh, introducing a spell that I have, uh, you can get uh, extravagant amounts of experience for uh, leveling up the skill extremely fast, the 99 and beyond. And so they're trying to fix that so you can have fun, but at a much lower rate of experience right and so i'm like i don't give a shit about fun i just want the 99 <laughs> so now i have till july to get that skill to 99 so i'll have it done by tomorrow probably knowing <laughs> me <laughs> you know how i am man it's fucking solid no, here i was thinking oh you're making it sound bad shit oh they're padging it when is it coming is it coming on monday how much time do you have and you're like fucking july uh yeah i i got a month <laughs> and a half before they you know fix it to make it more fun and there's like little things like i gotta do like uh challenges and stuff just to get into the prime position for it but it's gonna take two three days at the most just to enter that spot and then i'm just gonna go fucking wild for probably one day and get 99 that same fucking day so right i just gotta make sure to do it before they patch it let the fucking noobs have fun. Daddy just wants his cape, okay? Daddy just wants his cape so he can be just like his father-in-law. <laughs> One day, Dad, I'll be just like you. Oh, right, also, so I, three. I'm going to say, also, I played Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, as it turns out, watching Nick play uh, a certain game that he hasn't talked about yet made me want to play a certain game. So, coincidentally, I just chose instead to play Breath of the Wild for a little bit. And that game is fun to play, even after you did almost everything. Not everything everything like croc seeds or anything but you know the 120 shrines doing all the dlc and stuff it's just fucking fun to explore but i'll talk about that later as you will or as will you uh and i think the the big game i really would like to uh give some shout outs to is katana zero we uh 
Talked about getting it last week. Nick's given that oh, oh shit face. I love Katana Zero. I played maybe like 15 minutes, 30 minutes of it, but I love it. And like I, I remember mentioning it to Nick saying, hey, you should probably try Katana Zero. It's a fucking great game. And you're like, eh, I got three other games, kid. Let, you know, let daddy have his drugs. I'll try it later. Go play outside. And then since I was right in front of him, I had him fucking try Katana Zero. And then, you know, I played it too, and it's a fucking great ass game. Uh, what was the developer uh, or the publisher? Devolver, I believe it was called. Uh, Devolver Digital was the is the publisher, yeah. And holy shit, that is a game, Nick. Everybody that has heard about it has played it, and they're enjoying the shit out of it. I have people recommending it to me, even though I already have it. And you know, I totally respect that. It's like, man, it's a fucking good ass game. And yeah. uh, for those who don't know, Katana Zero is what would you call it? A roguelike, I guess. Uh, no, Katana Zero would not be a roguelike, um, because a roguelike would in- entail that you have, uh, like, you crawl a dungeon, you have items, spell, whatever, like, you upgrade as you go. Uh, Katana Zero, you have a fixed set of abilities, and it's around navigating um, uh, each stage, so it's more of a platformer action. Okay. Uh, for those who have no idea what Katana Zero looks like, imagine a uh, a hi-fi uh, 8-bit era or a 16-bit era. Like, it, it has the retro feel to it. But the uh, the animation, all that stuff is obviously like way fucking out there, man. Yeah. And you're you're essentially a katana wielding motherfucker who can uh, slow down time and all that stuff. And your goal is to get through each floor, chopping up and blowing past people. And you got to do it all without getting hit once and do it in one go to continue. Otherwise, you got to start and do the whole floor. And later on, it gets harder and harder. Uh, Nick did not get to see the kind uh, times where I had the fucking grit my teeth because there was a couple of good moments like, God damn, this is fucking hard. But once you get through, it's so rewarding. But more importantly, I think I'm okay with the combat. It's the fucking story that gets me like yeah. crazy hard. Uh, and Nick, I feel like the combat is more your thing, but the story plot is what, what has me like by the teeth. Yeah, no, I like the story seems uh, it, it's... It, it's interesting. It's not bad by any means, but for me, it really is the combat and the style of the game. Um, and uh, and I'm going to talk about this later on, but no, carry on about Katana Zero. And so the story plot is, uh, if I'm trying to deduce uh, the very beginning properly, and uh, they give it to you like very slowly, bit by piece. Essentially, you're somebody who came back from uh, a war. Uh, you're seeking uh, therapy, and also you're a hitman for some fucking reason. And they don't explain how that works or why that works, but by God, they are having you run around and beating up people that the government seems to hate. Uh, Yeah, you're technically working for the government or some kind of shady equivalent side office to the government. And in the meanwhile, you're being called and known as the dragon and you are uh, fucking up a lot of wild shit, taking out the, the right people, supposedly. And then there is a group of people that is part of the underworld that uh, seems to really like you because even though you're killing their dudes, you're being so fucking badass about it. Yeah. And then the the plot thickens and all that shit. You're not sure if uh, you know you're on the right side. You don't know who you should trust. Uh, who's the bad guy? Are you the bad guy? And all that stuff. And that's as far as I got. And it's gotten very good. And I, I the time mechanic about it is so fucking critical. I fucking love it. Uh, I love the idea of getting information, dying by the story plot, and then using that information to avoid dying. 
Yeah. Like, I love it so much. Uh, there's a spot in Resident Evil 7 where if you skip some of the stuff accidentally, there's uh, Resident Evil 7 spoilers. You're, there's a time where you're dealing with Lucas and you're stuck in a, uh, a death room, if you want to call it that, where you got to complete a puzzle or you die. And if you follow exactly how he does it, you'll eventually get a code. And then uh, after you get that and you uh, finish the, the, the room, you die. But the reason why you die is because in order to get the code, you have to do something that fucks you up. And so if you just put the code in before you do the fucked up thing, you live and it, it creates a paradox. It's like, what the fuck? How? Okay. Well, you're not supposed to know that code, but okay. Katana Zero does that. It is fucking awesome. No, it is a, it is a fantastic game. Uh, the pace at which you can play... Um pace at which you can go through each level is insane and you can pretty much go about it at your own pace if there is a timer for each section and you learn more as you go on because if you get hit once you die and you restart from the beginning with your timer resets um and eventually you get into a very nice flow that you just know what's about to happen at each particular moment it's like uh, there's that movie where that lady dies uh, I think death day or happy death day or something where she keeps dying. And while she's trying to figure out who her killer is. Yes. Yep. I yeah. believe it's uh death day. Uh, there's a similar movie like groundhog's day or something like that. Where or it's just, edge know, of tomorrow um, where you just keep going. It's a trope. Yeah. We, yeah. We, you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, where it's but just, this it, it's game uncanny. does it in a fucking fantastic way. Um, played it on the switch I uh, just want to make it very clear that it was on the switch I don't know what else it's on I, maybe it's only on the switch I don't know uh switch it's on it's switch PC and um, Mac OS okay so you can get it on Steam if you want to but playing it on the switch was optimal and if it was anything like me like for example Battle Chef Brigade I loved it on the PC but I kept getting burnout but I played it and beat it like instantly on switch in one go so highly recommend getting it for the switch yeah no i i would agree um i'm about to start playing start my playthrough of katana zero as well awesome but nick yes uh my metaphorical gun did not go unnoticed during my trip with you uh you played a lot of a certain game that i maybe coerced you into playing more of i don't know it's tyler you don't give me enough credit i had to like sink into the game on my own you couldn't force me into it and I eventually did it. Now I can't stop playing it. And so fuck I, you. I just feel like you lacked the initiative to enjoy your Switch. There was Nick. no in it. It was okay. I see what you did there, but it's not. I have to like fall into a game on my own. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. That's why it took me so long to finally play through The Witcher 3. Even though I had it for a while, I just didn't bother until something clicked and it just sucked <laughs> me in. And what clicked was me Spartan kicking you into Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Well, I mean, I was already pretty far ahead. All no, actually, I wasn't. I think I got all the beasts. I did quite a lot while you were here. How many beasts did you end up doing when you were with me? I think just. Oh, I think the only one. the one. Yeah. Yeah. Only you, the one. you you only had the one from uh, Va Rudania or something like that. Whatever the yeah, uh, sure. the one. fire one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. So before I talk about Breath of the Wild, um, after you left, uh, you know, I could finally play with my. Not that it was a bad thing. I was I nice to disconnect. Myself, because this fucking asshole kept <laughs> lording over on the air mattress and playing fucking RuneScape on my couch. Um, I played a little bit of deceit with my friends. Um, on the last, 
Uh, um, I was pretending I was you. I was not calling you that. I uh, tried some Katana Zero, but Breath of the Wild was the main game that I played while Tyler was here. Um, Breath of the Wild. I, I can't stop playing it. I really can't. All I want, like, I've been trying, I've been actively now, and even more, so it's, it's more apparent now, looking for games that aren't shooters. Like, really, like, I want to play a few, uh, I, I want to, like, I'm just tired of it. To, to some extent because uh, there's just so much disappointment nothing feels as good as destiny but bungie's fucking up and i just want to find more games that make me enjoy gaming again and so breath of the wild is definitely one of those games um you know what you remind me of, Nick? yeah you remind me of thanos <laughs> after he snaps the fucking fingers he is like you done it all you seen it all you did what you had to you you, you fucking just went top notch all the way to the fucking end and now you just want to fucking farm yeah pretty much no dude i can't i've been trying to organize but i haven't found the time yet to just get onto like a world with my friends and just farm on stardew valley yep. like that's all i want to fucking do because it's just like you're just chilling you're just sitting there and you're planting some seeds you're watering your plants you're going fishing you're going mining breath of the wild is essentially the same minus the fishing and planting seeds um i i enjoy that game thoroughly i am right now i'm shrine hunting looking just doing completing quests and just fucking just doing it all and just kind of hanging around i'm enjoying fighting lionels now are you actually enjoying it because i know you're having some troubles before but you're able to do it Oh yeah, no, I'm enjoying fighting Lynels now. Uh, the only I faced a new kind of Lynel in descent uh, with a new weapon with the Crusher. Um, and oh, like the, oh, the the big ball thing. Yeah, and I hadn't fought against that before, so there are instances where they're gonna do like a heavy slam attack on the ground, and I managed to dodge it in time, and so I get the flurry rush, but then the impact from the ground causes damage and knocks me away. Mm. Right, and, and that those was Crushers are the the strongest weapons in the game so it was gonna fucking mess you up yeah and it, it, like i was just uh thrown off a little bit by that i think that was the first time i struggled with the lionel fight in a long time um mm. or at least it's the first time i fought a lionel um because he went through two of my shields like they were nothing like all it took was one blow from from the lionel each time and he, they went through my shields and i was like all right i guess i'll go fuck myself then uh, yeah, I had to have and over assume the position. <laughs> I had to have Mifa's Grace and a fairy save me from the Lionel. Oh goddamn, Nick! Now it yeah. sounds like you need the you know maybe find a golden Lionel. You know, step it up. I'm not jumping into master mode. I Look, refuse to jump. No, I'm it's no, no. fun. <laughs> I refuse. I hated Dark Souls for reasons. But beyond Breath of the Wild, I I could go on about how amazing the kind of like world they've built and how they've visualized. Like I was doing a little bit of research as well. Like I was reading about Lionels last night and how this is the first time they were represented in 3D. And yes. the kind of like way they've and Lionels are are terrifying to look at. Like, yes, like they, they really are. are. They, they they like honest to god they're like scary creatures uh but they're these also like amazing respectful like kind of like opponents that you can find out in the wild while you're just going through the game i mean i wouldn't say as much as honor but in terms of any creature that serves under ganon or is an enemy in uh breath of the wild they are probably the most honor bound if you want to call it that like uh goblins and all that stuff they're just murder machines they just want to kill you and all this stuff and they're enjoying it but fucking lionels they won't immediately attack you if they see you they they are challenging you and waiting for you to draw your sword and all that shit and they have no problem going you know head on and you know arm arm combat and all that shit and that kind of style is cool 
uh lionel's appeared originally in the very beginning with uh legend of zelda and they're just annoying as shit hard uh damage and all that stuff and i know them best in uh link to the past uh they they appear at the top of the mountains and they hurt like a motherfucker and nick you say they're the first 3d but technically technically they appear uh 3d in uh link between worlds for the 3d okay okay well but like this is the first time where we got to fight him in the 3D, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hell, technically, you can call it 2.5 as well, if you want to argue for Link Between Worlds. I'll humor you here. But yeah, that is... Uh, Lionel's and Breath of the Wild is probably the most unique fighting system that we ever experienced as a Zelda player. I, I, I can't think of anything else where there is a more unique battle mechanic when it comes to fighting monsters. Right. Um no, Breath of the Wild is is one hell of a game. And then the last thing I will mention um, is I seem to have some kind of stupid, stupidly good luck with that game. Fuck you, Nick. <laughs> um, so, so can't put that as the title of the show, but I'm putting it right here. Fuck you, Nick. So the brief, uh, uh, the brief amount of time that Tyler spent playing Breath of the Wild, he was looking for um, one of the best horses in the game. Um, a horse that is the descendant of, you know, uh, Princess Zelda's horse, uh, or like the legend, the the royal horse, and he spent quite a while just resetting areas, sleeping, and just waiting and looking for it. I'm I'm just out here fucking hunting memories or shrines I can't remember, and then I I teleport to a shrine and I fly down to a place, and it's just chilling over there. Yeah, we're flying down. I'm walking. I'm looking. I'm like, the fuck is that over there? And we're both looking. I'm like, is that a white horse? That better not be that fucking horse. And you get closer and sure as shit, it's the goddamn royal white horse descendant. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And then last <laughs> night, Nick is streaming and he's just la di da di ooh, 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 what's this? Pulls the chat style. It's the fucking bridle from the DLC pack that I've also been looking for that <laughs> allows you to instantly summon your horse, I believe. And it's like, okay, motherfucker. First off, what the hell is this shit? I, I I believe you found something else too, just by dumb luck or something like that. I I'm not sure if it was the travel medallion you told me you just found randomly, or if it was uh, like a third thing. Yeah, no, it was the travel medallion I found randomly, and I didn't even like start the quest for it. I just found it, and I was like, oh okay, because it was one of the labyrinths, and I went to the bottom level, and then there was a chest sitting out there. I got that chest, fought some guardians, and then I turned on my magnesis to scan for other chests. And I see one sitting in the back wall. And I'm like, oh, there's a chest. I went towards it. And it was the travel medallion. I'm like, okay, then. Okay, then. That, that is your <laughs> fucking thought. <laughs> you got to appreciate the shit that's given to your neck. <laughs> what the um, fuck? Interesting uh, thing I learned, though. Um speed uh speed run records for breath of the wild i think it's like 37 minutes for any percentage completion just to like beat the game yep. um there was uh another there was another this one that took an hour but i can't remember what the condition for that was and then 100 percent completion was 27 hours jesus christ what what, what constitutes 100 percent though uh um, shrines Korok yeah shrines Korok seeds, oh, and jesus. guardians Quests don't count towards completion, so it's only shrines, Korok seeds, and guardians because there are nine hundred Korok seeds, and that's I think seventy-eight percent or something. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, this was before you, you ever got into it, but there was actually a huge debate when uh, they started introducing uh, amiibos to the uh, system. Uh, for example, the uh, 
not to the system when people started realizing that they can use amiibos uh in breath of the wild to give themselves shit like armors and food and stuff uh the original ocarina of time link the super smash brothers one will give you epona right and people are debating whether or not that that should be allowed because if you start a game you can start your game give yourself the fastest horse and then just immediately take off straight for the thing big question is do you do you personally think that speedruns uh, should allow the use of amiibos or something like that? Um, as far as I know, speedruns, the, the rules change constantly. And so if I I think that would be okay. So if for a particular set of speedruns, people decided that um, these are the kind of rules we're going to go with and it's okay to use this, I see no problem with it. But if it's against the rules, then there's a problem. I mean, rules are just, you know, especially for speedruns, rules are just stuff that we set for ourselves based on what we think is right. Well, so, yeah, yeah. No, well, with the with the official speedrunning competitions, uh, the rules change every big competition. And so if somebody breaks those rules accordingly, then they should be punished and shouldn't be allowed. But if they decide one year, or like, you know, let's see what would happen. Use Epona. Okay, fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, there is one more game that we need to talk about briefly. Um, Tyler, <laughs> do you want to take it away? Sure. So, Nick... Uh, the reason why I got the desktop computer originally in Canada is because uh, I believe it was we wanted to play Overwatch or something yeah. to that effect. Something. We have no fucking idea, but we had it there. And I immediately turned into my RuneScape machine. Uh, Nick suggested to us that uh, we should try World of Warcraft, which yeah. has a terrible stigma. The world should have saw my face when he suggested that i just kind of stared forward and i started seeing like the horrors of me like losing out in college and all that stuff as he said that, that actual ptsd from the battle of azeroth you remember putting his life down to protect stormwind you are not wrong like holy <laughs> shit and then i was like it's all fucking over you're not addicted to wow anymore it's rinscape don't you worry you won't fall into the ship and so yeah uh, Saturday night last weekend, uh, Nick, my wife, and I teamed up, and Nick played World of Warcraft, which I believe was for the first time. Again, first time for everything, D&D and uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah. And Nick, well, what did you end up playing as? Um, I think I was just a human mage. I yeah. think, yeah, a mage. And, uh, you know, I never actually got any final thoughts because... You have so far never mentioned the idea of possibly playing that ever fucking again. Well, my issue with World of Warcraft was always not the fact that it was an MMO, but the art style. Like, it always threw me off, honestly. Um, and at this point, A, there's so much so much that I have to do to actually get into the full swing of things. Uh, B, I have to pay a separate uh, subscription. It's not even like you buy the game, you own it. Um, and it's not like it, w it wasn't bad whatsoever. My experience wasn't bad. It was just your standards. You started off the few hours that we played. So you're just your standard MMO, you know, right. quest, getting started, getting set up, like learning the systems. Uh, I ended up going with like an arcane specialization. And so the one spell that I had, as I do damage, I would build up arcane charges up to four, which would allow me to, which would reduce the cast time for that spell. And also increase the damage and then i had a second spell that would use up all my arcane charges to do one big massive damage uh so it, it kind of the way you describe it made it sound like you're working a gatling gun spell that ended with a bazooka blast or something like yeah that. and i and i enjoyed that i thought that was pretty cool um but again i think the issue with games like world of warcraft or, or any like long-running mmo is the amount of initial investment to really get pulled in 
True. True. Um, so like yeah, that. I I have no like final thoughts on the game itself, just because it would take so long. I and I know, and I and I think you brief we when we briefly talked about it, you agreed it would take a really long time before I'm like enthused about like running raids, dungeons, and doing all these things. I've made so many max characters and all that stuff, and even like raids and dungeons don't interest me. I mean, I'm in the same thing like that on Destiny. So, you know, I like shooting shit and I like doing the dailies and stuff. I had no actual interest in the raids. But you, you know, you're, you're fucking, you want to, you know, go balls in. You want to, you know, kill the big shit, which I can't blame you. I'm, uh, I understand that. And I believe I told you that it wouldn't be until you got to like level 58 when you're able to do the first expansion. To where you get to leave the old shit that was, you know, from 2004 and you actually got to see, you know, some maybe not modernization of the world of Warcraft, but you get to explore a, a plane. You get a get you get a story where you understand what the fuck is going on. Right. Because the original world of Warcraft, you just get plopped down. You have no, you know, shit's going on around you, but you're, you're just doing quests. You're doing, you know, simple shit. Since you hit 58, oh shit, there's a whole new world that's uh, in trouble. We need to go in there. We're going to do shit to save it, that kind of stuff. And it goes from there. Like, it gives you purpose. But up till 58, it's like being in the fucking lollipop guild. And you're just murdering shit and doing like, oh, you want me to collect uh, eight tusk of this pig? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, you got it. You also didn't get to do a uh, dungeon, which no. I think I think a dungeon would give you a uh, motivation. You're like, oh, right. man, I, I want to fucking kill this shit. But... Unfortunately, since you're on the trial account, you were locked at level 15 or level 20, which you'll you'll be able to do like the very first dungeons, but you would have to make a $15 jump to see whether or not you'd actually like it or not. Yeah, yeah. And that's just something I'm not interested. That's for me in my current position. That's a lot of money. Um, but yeah, no, that's World of Warcraft. Um, not for me, most likely. Uh, but I, I have I have respect for the people who've stuck around uh, through all the and I can relate to that. I have respect for people who stuck around with the game company through all the thicks and thins of a particular, uh, particular game. Well, Nick, just so you know, the wife and I were still playing it. So uh, if you just need a, a little bump to keep it going, you let you let me know. I got your fix, Nick. Moving on. Uh, I'm an enabler too, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um, as mentioned earlier, it is it is a video game podcast, and we have to get to at least one topic for this week we're just talking about world of warcraft that's a video game i think so the top the topic for the show this week is uh playstation's state of play uh yeah. this is what they opted for instead of showing up at e3 and i think they have, might have a different event later this year but tyler do you want to summarize what happened with their state of play uh yes they just announced uh Six or seven different games or updates and whatnot going on. Uh, I believe they started off with a good heavy hint hitter for Monster Hunter World, which uh, might be up your alley. Uh, um, they're I think it's called Iceborne, and it comes out like in August for consoles and like November for PC or something like that. Something along the lines. I got to see the uh, the new monsters that they're trying to introduce, and it sounded like uh, anybody who's into that shit is going to really love it. I, yeah, I, I just like have that. to pick up the game again. Like... Uh, uh, Monster Hunter is nice because you can just go back at any time, and there's so much you can do on your own. And I just uh, like I just like exploring immersive environments, and Breath of the Wild gives me that opportunity. Ooh. Mm. Uh, they did a uh, a very I would say lackluster trailer for uh, something called Predator Hunting Grounds, which is going to be a uh, Friday the th- Friday the Thirteenth 
Dead by Daylight kind of style game. Right, it's like, right. Where it's uh, a bunch of soldiers against uh, Predator, and it, it didn't show anything to be honest. But uh, they're you know announcing and revealing that it's coming out for the PlayStation Four. Uh, they do have a new uh, model of PlayStation Four coming out to celebrate the Days of Play event, which uh, it looked okay. It wasn't like a super exciting for me because it's not a PlayStation Pro. So I mean, it's not a, a chance for me to upgrade. It didn't look like so. Yeah, details. Right. Right. Uh, the up. HD update for uh, Medieval looks like it's going to get a very nice uh, outlook coming out on October 25th. Uh, they showed a trailer for it. It looks pretty snazzy. Have you ever messed with that game when it came out originally? No. I've not actually even heard of the game. Uh, it has a uh, video arcade feel to it where uh, you're just running around and mashing monsters up and all that stuff, but it's very nostalgic for people when it came out. I feel like I played it on the PlayStation 1 for some reason, but I'm not too sure on that. Like, I, I know I didn't beat it, that's for sure. Well, it is It is a remake. Uh, Medieval only came out for the PS1, um, and so this is um, uh, basically a remake and coming out for the PS4. Hmm. Uh, a game that came out specifically that I got kind of excited for was, uh, it's called Away. It's coming out for uh, the PlayStation 4 and uh, PC. And... Uh, I don't remember what the creature you were specifically. It looked kind of like a flying squirrel or something like that. Right. Where you're, you know, trying to play a natural survival game, essentially. And it looked fucking great. Like, I, I was a sucker for games like Flower and all that stuff where, you know, it's all natural environment stuff and you're just controlling how, you know, the flow of things. And so a game like this uh, gives me a good vibe to where, you know, you're a little flying squirrel running around the jungle and all that stuff and you're trying to be with your family but you got natural predators you have man-made predators or you know disasters and stuff and you got fires and whatnot and i think it could leave a good emotional impact without having to tell a human made story so this right i mean it's literally made by humans but the the reenactment as such i think would be very nice and uh, another one a four-player co-op game is called uh Riverbond, and this feels like something I would be able to get my wife to sit down and play. Uh, did you get a chance to look at this one, Nick? Yeah, it says um, it'll have a bunch of characters uh, from like Shovel Knight, Bastion, and stuff. So it sounds like one of those. Um, like there was a, I believe it was a Ratchet and Clank game that like had it was like a four-player co-op, and you get a bunch of characters from different universes um, or like similar kind of games. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Basically, you know, you have all the four people on the ground. Uh, the closest thing I could think of for everybody that understand, it feels like a Legos game where uh, you got four people on the ground. And you're just running around and through errors and stuff and beating the shit out of people. And it looked nice. It had a good quality to it. And it had a friendly feel. A bunch of iconic characters that people recognize. And I think it's something to look forward to when it comes out this summer. But. But. There was one last thing. Yes. There was one fucking last thing. And people either flung their arms in the air in excitement or they immediately went to Twitter to start complaining about uh, a certain thing. Uh, oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you probably know exactly what I'm talking I've, about. I've seen the things, yeah. So at the very end of this video, uh, they announced uh, more details about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, by details, I mean they say that they're going to tell us more <laughs> later this year. Here's uh, some synonymic uh, gameplay to where they say very blatantly at the bottom, the actual gameplay. So it's like they're just 
reminding us, hey, Kingdom Hearts 3 is over. We're still here working on it. Hmm. So that was the Final Fantasy 7 with, I believe, I can't remember what the name of the characters were, uh, but the guy was Cloud. I can't remember the name of the, the Tifa was her name. Uh, you got the main character, Cloud. Uh, the flower lady uh, name is Aerith or okay. Eris, uh, depending on the uh, English translation. I think it's going to be, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, oh, man. Let me drink something else. One second. So is the awkward silence where I can't talk about Final Fantasy because I've never played a Final Fantasy game. So I'm just waiting for Tyler to clear his throat. And Okay. I'm sorry. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, being sick. I, I just can't talk no, as much fine. as I used to. Uh, you got Cloud as the main character. You got Aerith. I, I used when it came out for the U.S. Uh, they made a translation error, and it came out as Eris A E R I S. Okay. But everywhere else, it came out as Aerith, and so I think they're going to keep it as uh, Aerith, even though us Americans know where it's Eris, and it's going to freak us out. I wonder. Well, technically, we were able to rename each of uh, the characters when it came out in the game. So I wonder if they're gonna keep it generic to where we can change it there if we wanted to. But uh, the other characters that uh, got notable was part of Avalanche, which was a uh, group that Cloud is in, and the leader of that is the notorious character known as Barrett, uh, who, uh, mind you, this game was made in the mid to late '90s and is a stereotypical uh, badass uh, African-American. Right. Or I I guess technically he is part of Midgard, which is uh, a fantasy world. So he's African Midgardian. I don't know. Uh, How would that work, Nick? I don't fucking know. Uh, Sure. (laughs) Okay. Oh, boy. That's a fucking term right there. African Midgardian. Uh, And then at the very end, they, they, some reason, just out of the blue, just tease you with Seth Roth. And uh, yeah. It was a, a lot of, uh, it basically it showed a relapse of what it would look like in HD at the very beginning of the game. Uh, part of the very first bombing mission, one of the boss fights, which is the very first one, bomb exploding. And some reason Sathroth is there, even though he wasn't in the original game at that early, but whatever. Right. And people, you know, saw it, they loved it. They posted their praises and all that on Twitter and all that. But then uh, media decided to get up in arms, which then got, actual people that they said were up in arms up in arms and people started getting upset because the voice actor for barrett sounds too stereotypically black i guess okay (laughs) i know right it's weird because uh and you know the 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 original playstation game it was all worded to text and uh the way that barrett talked was really raunchy and it was exactly how you would expect him to sound like uh in the game uh, unfortunately, since this is getting a modern day release, uh, we are on a further scrutiny. And to add to that, everybody totally forgot that he talks in, actually, I don't even know if he talks in, uh, Final Fantasy Advent Children, which is a, uh, a movie where he right. makes a small appearance in. But, uh, yeah, apparently people don't like the, the way he talks and, uh, is whether or not, uh, it stinks because people need to understand that, uh, you know, it might be stereotypical if he was African-American, but he's african Midgardian people. <laughs> Fuck out of it's here. A, it's, it's a cultural <laughs> dialect, okay? Um, I, But, I mean, I'm sure we could have, like, a civil conversation or maybe a rational conversation around why that might, um, uh, uh, you know, what's really going on. But I think the internet's doing what the internet does and just blowing things out of proportion and just being upset. Um, so after things die down, 
again, I have no attachment to the Final Fantasy series, so I haven't actually seen the teaser trailer. But you know, I I just think that people are being silly. It's it stinks because since I'm white as fucking you know bleach in the sun, I feel like that my opinion on this is uh, either biased or just going to be devalued immediately. Uh, whether or not it should or shouldn't is up to you know the average social justice warrior that listens to me. But at the same time, it just feels like I, I've heard a lot of uh, white characters get such cartoony treatment, and I think nothing of it besides maybe they're, they're a little bit weird. And I'm not sure if the same can be applied for the, every other race that ever gets represented in a fantasy-like game, but... I just feel like if we're gonna do anything, we should be uh, making a big deal about the uh, about the Midgardians, man. Uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of uh, things that <laughs> you're, I don't just know gonna, you're just gonna beat this fucking horse till it's <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> brute force, you're gonna beat this dead for a dead horse into the ground. You wouldn't even yes. need to. You wouldn't even need to dig a grave. Like you're just gonna brute force pummel it into the ground. I'm turning him purely into uh, fertilizer, <laughs> straight to the source. But yeah. Um, I had one question about uh, the states of play. Um, we covered one that came out there. I think their first one that came out in March, maybe March or April. Um, yeah. But how have you felt about Sony taking this like Nintendo Direct kind of approach to delivering their news? Uh, the only problem with it is it feels like uh, they don't have as much uh, bullets in the chamber to be firing off as uh, Nintendo does. Nintendo, whether or not they actually have the content, like the fluff up the ship you know whether or not like for example it feels like a nintendo direct will have five heavy heavy hitters ready to land on the punches but then they'll soften it up with like 10 15 other like subtle things in the background whereas right. here you know the sony announces in the very beginning oh we don't have too much to show you but we're gonna show you it's like okay fair uh you know that that's uh your current state of uh play huh you know don't have too much but here's close enough right okay but, well I like it. I feel like uh, maybe they should uh, be able to prepare some more information. Maybe not game announcements, but you know, just give us more details about when we'll hear more about uh, PlayStation Five and all that stuff. Obviously, they're gonna you know just say you know we'll be talking more about the PlayStation Five at E three, something like that. It just little well, we know they're like not that. going to be, but that's also true. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell us uh, how Last of Us is going. Uh, also, the fact that uh, usually when we get a Nintendo Direct, we get uh, a Nintendo official. Yeah. Uh, we did not get that in this case. It didn't seem. Okay. Uh, it, it'd be nice to see a friendly face that we can attach to. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I was about to br- uh, bring back a fictional character from uh, Sony's press uh, representation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That guy's a beautiful thing. But anyways, that was our topic for the show. Uh, Sony giving us a few uh, details about games that are coming up, um, but really not much more than that. And now we're going to go into uh, upcoming game releases, and I'll go through this list uh, just because we are reaching the end and Tyler's voice is... Yeah, I'm dying. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Um, I'm doing my best over here, but I'm dying, man. All right, so coming up, reference. coming up, starting May fourteenth, uh, we've got a Plague Tale, uh, Innocence, coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. I know nothing about this game, uh, and I will tell you about the next game while I look up this game, Citus Alpha, coming out on the Switch, also on May fourteenth. Now, these are two games I've never heard of. 
Don't worry, me neither. So uh, we are totally <laughs> in cahoots. Sites itself, I'm guessing, is a Steam to Switch release and a Plague Tale Innocence. I have no idea. It's an action-adventure game developed by Asobo Studio um, coming out May 14th, and that's really all we know. We've got our big hit for this list, I think, our heavy hitter for this list, uh, Rage 2, coming out on May 14th for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, uh, who Who's the uh, people? Bethesda. Bethesda have been uh, putting out a lot of information, a lot of promotion regarding this game, um, and a tiny bit of co- controversy that I'm sure you could go and find out for yourself basically um paul tassi uh one of the i can't remember who he writes for but he is a, a video game journalist um wrote an article saying you probably haven't heard of rage 2 and you're probably not excited but then in the article he goes on to list why he's actually excited for the game but in general just talking about how nobody really was expecting rage 2 and then bethesda or rage 2 replied to that tweet he's like who are you uh, basically being rude and they didn't even read the article and they were being standoffish fuck man <laughs> for no fucking fuck. reason and so and i think his response was like that was unnecessary but i'm probably still gonna buy your game anyways <laughs> 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 or something along the sorts and i'm like uh, th- would you want to read the stuff before you post a snarky this, comment this is some weird uh version like this <laughs> unorthodox uh paradox world of fucking consumerism communication i guess just <laughs> the way people interact with each other it's like it's it's like fucking ronald mandel slapped me in the face and like oh why would you do that and he's like because you chose you, you talked bad about me it's like i'm here ordering your food i said it was okay <laughs> you slapped me with um, the burger i'll probably still eat it um but moving on from race two we've got red out which is uh, coming to the switch on may 14th as well uh, Red Out is a uh, futuristic racing game, so I think it's just a direct to port uh, from Steam to. Actually, no. Uh, this came out on all consoles: PS4, Xbox One, uh, Steam, and on the Mac OS in 2016, and it's a Switch port. Um, Fair enough. Then May 16th, we've got Bubsy: Pause of Fire coming out yep. for the PS4, Switch, and PC. Have you ever messed with a Bubsy game before? Nope. Uh, Bubsy was probably, and I, I don't want to be rude to the brand, but it's true. Uh, Bubsy, I guess you would be the failed attempt to become a iconic character. Or back in like Super Nintendo days, everybody heard of Bubsy before, but it kind of fell into the same line as Earthworm Jim and all that stuff to where it just kind of fell flat in the, the long ride just because of uh, the lack of uh, content uh, and quality, I guess you could say. And, okay. uh, Bubsy's trying to do what uh Shantae did essentially. Uh have you heard of Shantae? No. The Shantae uh Half Genie Hero, I believe was the latest game no. that came out. Okay. Uh Shantae is uh another you know similar boat, but it broke past its uh cult classic uh group. People love Shantae, but uh, Shantae was always way behind with uh the releases on the consoles. And Bubsy, or the people are making Bubsy rather, are trying to just essentially cash in like, hey, Bubsy's relevant again, right, guys? Right. Hey, yo. And um, so. And... No, carry on, Tyler. I was say the developer choice provisions, uh, actually, uh, you know, they, they got their hands on the rights and all that stuff, and they're trying hard, but people already, like, looked at the demo and just saying that it's trash. So I'm hoping they made a lot of improvement on it if it's coming out uh, for Switch. With well, Switch? Yes. It Switch, says PS4, PS4, Switch, PC, but it news just broke like yesterday, two days ago. Switch port got delay, uh, delayed. 
and it's coming out later in the summer with no definite release date. So <laughs> PS4 and PC, if you're interested, May 16th, that's your date. Um, and then we have one more game on our on our list here: Steven Universe, Save the Light, and OK Knockout Bundle. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, May 17th. I know nothing about this game. I know Steven Universe is a uh, TV show, animated TV show that ran on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there's comics and all that stuff, too. But uh, Steven Universe is actually a, I'd say, top five favorite things that my wife loves. Like, the right. Steven Universe to her is like Pokemon to me. Like, it's okay. like heated passion. Brandon's actually the same boat. Uh, I don't know about this game specifically, but it's probably going to be a dungeon crawler style game or a brawler game almost similar to that of uh, the game that got talked about in State of Play. Where it's just... it, um, it says it's a unique RPG hybrid that combines real-time and turn-based combat. Okay, okay, fair enough. That almost screams uh, Tales of Symphonia to me then, to where you do attacks, but you can move around. Or I guess kind of like Final Fantasy 15. That would, would be a, a better way of describing that. But uh, yeah, Nick, I'm kind of surprised because I feel like if you were to binge a cartoon, uh, Steven Universe would be right up your alley. Um, well, I mean, aside from the fact that I didn't have access, I, I don't do a lot of TV shows for the most part. Um, Adventure Time was more my thing. And Steven Universe was after my time of being at home and having access to Cartoon Network. That makes sense? Uh, absolutely yeah. makes sense. I mean, Adventure um, Time is in the same boat as Steven Universe, like in terms of like just corny humor and whatnot. Right. Um, just uh, to clarify, this game that is coming out, it's a, a bundle with Steven Universe Save the Light, which is its own game, and OKKO, okay uh, which is another game. Uh, and it's also a TV show called OKKO okay Let's Be Heroes. Hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever heard about that one. Uh, neither have I, but that's, that's May 17th, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Um... Yeah. All right, moving oh, on. Okay, heroes. Okay, KO. Okay. Like I, I really just can't find too much about this, but no, I'm uh, sorry. I just wanted to confirm because I was like, okay, KO is another Cartoon Network uh, owned yeah. uh, show, so that makes a lot of sense that they'd uh, bundle it together. Um, okay, KO. Yeah. So that's a that's that's our thing for game releases for the week. Uh, we have a section for this day in gaming. This this day in gaming, May thirteenth. This. This what in this gaming? Day in gaming, May thirteenth. We have two games on this list. I scrolled the list. Did uh, you, Nick? Yeah, I, I did, and there was uh, these are the only ones I'd agree with, um, at least being notable. So starting right at the top, we've got Doom that came out for the Xbox One, PS4, and PC in two thousand sixteen. The remake from the original Doom. I have put a whopping hour and a half in this game. Really? I I, I know think I put time more. I, yeah. You'd think I would, but I don't know what it is, dude. Um, well, also, maybe at the time I wasn't looking for like a first person, like a single player game. And now I am. So it's one of those games I'm going to revisit. But the soundtrack for this game is is absolutely brutal. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, Mick, bomb. Uh, Mick Gordon is the composer. It, gee, he did a fantastic fucking job. Um, the next game we have on this list and our last game that we have on this list is Gran Turismo that came out for the PS1 in 1998. It's so weird that it came out so late in the uh, generation of the PlayStation because uh, PlayStation 1 released in 1994, probably in Japan. Uh, I wonder when it came out in the U.S., but 19, uh, no, it came out in uh, 1995 in North America. So this game 
Gran Turismo came out three years into the life cycle of the PlayStation 1. Which, it makes sense because Gran Turismo uh, is very notable for being high-end in terms of the graphics for the console. And right. so, taking three years to develop on a new 3D-like system that the Sony PlayStation offered, you know, it, it's cool. It, and today's the day it came out. It is officially 21 years old. Yay! Yay! Drinking age for Gran Turismo. Don't drink and drive. No, definitely don't do that. Um... That's it, folks. That's episode 49. A whopping, That's fucking 49, man. A whopping episode. Like, fucking 49 episodes. What do you mean? But um, we're going to wrap it up here, and I guess we're going to maybe make a next episode special to some extent. Maybe, yeah. We're going to do something. We're going to figure it out. We're going to try. I, I will try my darn hardest, and I apologize if it doesn't happen to get the D&D thing going, because it needs to happen, man. Uh, or rather, a recorded version of it. The D&D thing is going to happen. Nick had fun playing his bard, and I had fun trying to murder people uh, unsuccessfully. They cooked my character over an open fire to get information <laughs> I already told them. They cooked him over an open fire for information I already gave them, and it, then one it of the characters was a mistake. But it just we didn't we didn't believe him. So you can roll to- for insight to see if he's being honest or not. What that what do you just guys seemed, that just seemed like unnecessary steps to the truth, so we just you know So let's resort to torture. Great. Yeah. I mean he was a slave trader, or he was trying to be at least. Yeah, but so then, why are you trying to justify it? He were just... one of the one of the characters then casted uh speak with animals and they asked the squirrel, Hey, uh, did you see some shit? And they're like, Yeah, that is exactly what this guy you're torturing said to the T. <laughs> I'm an innocent creature. You have no reason to not believe me. I'm not being paid <laughs> off. And they fucking killed him. <laughs> they, I, I believe he fell into the fire and then two of the characters started curb stomping him. And then one of them tried healing him. But at that point, he just burnt to death. It was like um, it was like a sarcastic. I can't describe uh, the, the thing around it, but it was like a sarcastic kind of like, oh no, he fell in the fire. Here, put him out quickly. Oh, are you okay? Ooh, ooh, oh no, oh no, oh he's, oh he's gone, he's, he's gone. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> Whatever I got. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers to the blood dagger gang. But yeah, no. Thank you very much for listening. To episode forty nine. This is episode fifty. Uh, no, this is episode fifty. Next episode fifty is coming next week. I can't speak today. I'm hungry. But I can't um, speak to either. I'm sick as shit, dude. All right, uh, Tyler. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me right now on Twitter. I'm at two times Tyler. Uh, all letters, so two times Tyler. It's simple enough, guys. Give it a shot because you'll see me posting random Zelda memes and all that stuff. You need that goodness in your life. But Nick, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at LRWarrior11. Um, pretty straightforward, pretty standard. Uh, now the show, you can find us in a bunch of places. Facebook, Instagram, Casual MasterQuest. Just put it right there in the search bar. It will pop up. Uh, Twitter, it's at MasterQuestPod. Um, and then you can email us also at CasualMasterQuest at gmail.com. Send us in your comments, questions, concerns. Follow us everywhere. Um yeah, just do the thing. Um, we wouldn't be here without you. We wouldn't be doing this without you guys. And I can't believe we're done with 49 episodes and going to our 50th. So thank you very much for listening today. Um, anything like to give, before we close up? Yes, one last shout out. Uh, I'm, as 
people have probably been hearing, we've been doing uh, mid-episode uh, audio clips for a partner podcast known as the Death Saving Bros. Uh, this is going to be the last week we get to put it on unless uh, we can somehow talk a sweet deal with them again. But honestly, guys, uh, we, we were just talking to you excitedly about cooking a slave trader. If you like D&D or if you never heard about it before and you want to give it a shot, we got four laid back people that you I think, well, five technically if you count the DM, that we think you'd be interested in it. And that is the Death Saving Bros podcast. Absolutely give them a shot. Heck yeah. Um, but that's Tyler. And that was in Nick. All, in all his phlegmy, phlegmy splendor. And and we're going to be doing this again even better next week. Fuck planes. Fuck planes. I'm just happy to be recording again. I did miss it. And so I'm just very happy that we're back to this. And it's kind of normal. And school's back and everything's going well. But thank you very much for listening. Uh, don't forget, never stop the grind. And always respect African Guardians. Fuck Canadians. We'll see you next week. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You should not be laughing. The intro to the podcast, titled Casual Master Quest, was paid for and produced by the wonderful talent Revelries Music. You can find more of their work at soundcloud.com forward slash Revelries Music, or just click on the link in the show descriptions. The background music is the album Top 50 Best Classical Piano Music by Brilliant Classics. You can find out more about Creative Commons at www.creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash 4.0.